0: Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media president Mike Davis here, excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums, whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts, and you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: Hey, download listeners. Supervising producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you: at Gray Bar has you covered they are the leader in distribution of electrical communications data networking and industrial products professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need when and where they need it and within budget that's right and they're
2: operating with one clear mission to serve as the vital link in the supply chain adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services
1: let me tell you here's what makes them different is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains To get products on site and on time is so crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task.
2: So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running.
1: Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today.
2: is a production of Dirty Mo Media. There he is! Come on in here, buddy, have a seat. Hey everybody, glad you tuned in. It's time for another episode of the Dell Junior Download. Mike Davis, Dale and Hart Jr., in the Mojangle Studio. You've got a great guest today. Well, how, how you doing, Red? I'm doing fine right now. This They're is every like, week, okay? Buckle well, <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you died on that hill. You, yeah. Your career died on that hill, and you were hard-headed. You're the bigger idiot. I didn't even think about it. No. You thought about it and didn't ask. That it. makes me the bigger I idiot. I think so. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Dale Jr. Download and another episode. It is Wednesday, May the 10th, and we've got a great guest coming in here today for our guest segment. Ally is sponsoring the guest segment and as they do every week, and we're very thankful for everything that Ally has done for us here at Dirty Mo Media in the Bojangle Studio and everything that they do in NASCAR in general. They, they support our industry across the board, sponsoring race cars and all sorts of things, um, and so, um, we're thankful for them bringing us another ally. This guy is an ally, uh, Robbie Reiser. Robbie Reiser has has been uh, somebody that's sort of been parallel uh, in my life uh, for many years, and um, I had a really chance meeting uh, with him before we ever crossed paths in the Xfinity series when he was crew chief and Matt. But our we were kind of always one up in each other throughout many of the early years. In our NASCAR careers, um, he had a great relationship with Tony, your senior, and uh, Mike. It's going to be fun to talk to him. He's—I've never sat down with him and t- and and sh- and, and rehash some of the stories and memories from from my own career. But I'd also like to know more about his driving career and um, and his experience at Roush uh, and and what he's been doing ever since.
0: Well, you 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 about mentioned it all the way, but he he was the crew chief of Matt Kenseth. Uh, Matt Kenseth being, uh, you know, as he was coming up through the Bush series and you were coming up through that, and then obviously y'all's splashing a cup. So that's where the parallels yeah. were. Um, I watched you guys at the Matt Kenseth Hall of Fame banquet, and I remember going – my gosh, that Robbie Reiser is completely different than what I had pictured. Like, I have these crew chiefs that sort of ornery, sort of just kind of like, you know, get stay away from me. I just want to talk about cars. Yep. But Robbie Reiser was this ball of energy that I didn't think you guys were able to keep him really caged. <laughs> he, he was just all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, I thought I could tell you on that stage were thinking, I need to book him for the Dell Jr. download. So, yeah. fortunately, because Ally Robbie Reiser is here today.
2: Yeah, the funny thing about being with, um, being with Robbie on that stage is celebrating Matt's uh, championship, his career, his, his hall of fame career. Um, I, you know, we won. I, we beat them in the Xfinity series. They got the rookie of the year title over us in 2000. They won a championship uh, in 03. We should have, you know, we could say we should have won in 04, but we didn't, you know, I'm, we, I made some mistakes and what have you. But either way, like Robbie knows that he has that over my head. <laughs> And so, sitting on that stage, I knew to behave myself because, um, you know, anytime he wants to pull out that championship ring, it's there. Uh, it's there. <laughs> so, anyways, he's a great, great guy. And I'm thrilled to be able to get to know him more. Let's, let's celebrate him today. Yeah. Robbie Reiser on the Dale Jr. Download. Robby Reiser, my gosh! Are we, um, are we starting this? Yeah, we're here. We're, we're doing in. it. So I'm to You're rocking and rolling. Gear up! So I saw you at the Hall of Fame induction of Matt Kenseth, and uh, you were <clears throat> you were riled up. Um, I was excited. <laughs> yes, you were, <laughs> and um, and you were great. Um, I think that that must have been a pretty um, Pretty cool experience for you, considering you know you know Matt as well as anybody, and y'all race together and everything. But um, when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, um, I know we're happy for Matt, but also that must say something about your own career, you know, as a crew chief uh, and uh, in the road to get to that point, right? You're um, you got a guy in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) You you know I mean I told I tell you know Tony Jr. and Latard I'm like man I'm in the Hall of Fame because y'all like y'all put me in a car that was fast. Um and if and if that didn't happen, you
3: don't get in the Hall of Fame. Well, I think Matt was really thankful, yeah. you know. I, I and I was really we didn't do this for any reason but to win a championship, you know. I never thought about any of the, all this other stuff, you yeah. know. You you look at life uh you know, through the windshield and you're trying to get everything done and you're trying to do all these things as you're a young guy and you 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 want to go places and do things and that night meant a lot to me. I yeah. mean, I, I, it, for Matt to get inducted, I mean, he deserved it. I mean, all the things that we did together kind of flashed back. You know, it was kind of like, wow, I can't believe all this is happening. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I was really excited for Matt. I could see it all, you know, he's, he's a different guy when you're alone with him than when he is in front of everybody. You know, he always, he always puts on the big professional, you know, face or whatever, you know, I
0: need y'all to actually both explain this to everybody because I know what you mean by that, but I don't know how to articulate it.
3: Oh Christ. That kid don't, he's a kid. I mean, in, in his heart, he's a kid and he does kid stuff. (laughs) I mean, he's just, you know, like, like um, I'll tell you after, after the hall of fame, then on the next night he had a, he had a little get together at his place and he invited me and me and Tracy over and, and, uh, I walk in the door and he's hiding back somewhere and I walk in, I turn the corner and I'm, I'm walking in and and, and it's full of all of our friends, you know, all the friends and and crew members and stuff that were worked on the car. He comes running out of the back and jumps on my back and, and I, I carry him across the room, you know, I mean, <laughs> this just who he is. I mean, that's how he is. He's hanging on me, hanging on me, you, you know, it just, uh, just, our, that was where our relationship was. It was always, uh, it was always, uh, he was the kid. I, you know, he was just always doing stuff that I was just like, like God, kid, grow up, you know? <laughs> so um, let's talk about your racing career.
2: Uh, you were a driver originally, you know, and I mean, there's some people that do remember that part of your career as many years ago as it was, but uh, when, you, what got you behind the wheel your family was involved in racing, but how so?
3: Well, my dad raced modi- dirt modifieds uh, from 1958 to 1970. 70, and then a local track in town, or I shouldn't say in town, but the track that he ran was Hale's Corner Speedway and Cedarburg <laughs> That's Speedway. That's a
2: hell of a name for a track. Hale's, Hale's Corner. Corner.
3: Love it. Yes, Hale's Corners was uh, just outside of Milwaukee. And uh, that, that was dad's favorite track. And they switched to dirt late models in 71. So yeah. dad... My grandpa and, and my dad, kind of like my dad and me, you know, it was a family operation. They they raced together, and they built a late model, and they went to, they went to Hale's Corners in Cedarburg. And in 1973, my dad was the area champion uh, at Hale's Corners in Cedarburg. And do you know who the rookie of the year was at Hale's Corners in 1973? Mm, I'm a boy he away. He probably does. I'm a boy away. Who? Alan Kowicki. Bull crap. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Alan Quick, he was a, when in my dad's
2: He was a rookie. Damn, I, was, I wasn't even born yet. No. <laughs>
3: um,
2: so, what got you? What's this Pinto story that gets you behind the wheel?
3: Oh, well. Uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in a racing family. I didn't really, I, I would say that I really wasn't interested in r- racing when I was 16, 17, that, that era. You and weren't? Not not to drive. I mean, yeah. I was you helping your dad. Be I was working. Him? Well, my dad had my dad had retired in seventy okay. six, and he was working. He worked on a pit crew for the Miller Brothers <laughs> out of Random Lake. Why did he stop driving? <sighs> you know, my dad. My dad uh, worked with my grandpa till nineteen seventy four, and his my dad's sister got sick with cancer, and and they kind of they sold the car and and went and and took care of the family, mm-hmm. and. At that time, dad was going to stop racing. This was 74, and he was going to stop racing. And uh, Mike Melius, who was racing dirt at the time, was running for the Miller brothers at a random lake. And he, and he had a family situation where his father got hurt on the farm, and he had to go take care of the farm. So Millers were looking for someone to drive the car, and they called my dad. And my dad said, okay, I'll, uh, I'll drive that so he went and ran their car for 75 and 76 and they ran a lot of dirt races and went uh, they actually ran a series that was called the triple crown in wisconsin that raced against a lot of the iowa dirt dirt guys so when i would when i got interviewed for this and i was talking to bobby we were talking about a lot of the guys from iowa and, and the different racers back then but anyway dad went out and, and uh ran that and then the millers the millers were getting involved in usac and they were wanting to run bigger racetracks and uh, my dad didn't have any interest in running thing anything that was bigger than a, than a half mile. Yeah. He he didn't want to go that fast. Is what he told me. Mm. He said, "Robbie, I don't want to go that fast. I'm going to just stop. And I'm going to I'm going to hold My dad was probably thirty five, okay. thirty six. So yeah, okay. Yeah, he was younger. Yep. And uh, he so he he started being you know working on a picture and helping the Millers uh, for the next couple of years uh, as they ran at USAC. And he did he, so
2: he worked on cars and in I mean. But toward the end of you know his career in racing, he was a you know he was a manager, shop foreman over at, at your Roush. deal routes, yeah. right? So I mean he
3: stayed he stayed in the sport well, throughout. Yeah, my dad loved racing. Yeah, he loved it. I mean he it, he he grew up at the right time because it was all about building and being involved in, it, and he loved dirt racing. I mean he, he I know my my career went to asphalt and where we went, but deep down inside you couldn't if Dad saw a great dirt race he would he would yeah. he'd be on his you know team. Why,
2: why? how do you explain your lack
3: of interest i guess in i don't it? know um I just you know you're growing up at that time you're you're playing baseball you're in school you're an athlete. You're, yeah you're you're wrestling on the high school team you're doing all these things racing is really not not a not not on my mind but um you know how my racing career started was i was uh it was after school one day. Uh, I had a friend in town that had a Dodge Duster, and I had my sister's Pinto. Pinto, and we were coming back from uh, we were coming back from school, and I was on his bumper, and he was racing me pretty hard past the local elementary school. And it goes down there; it's got a real sharp corner, and I I went down in there and I dove inside of him, and uh, I don't know what he did. He got up on the he got up on the gravel, and he spun the thing out and clobbered the door. And this was on a this was on a Friday. And I was going to – I was supposed to leave for Trenton, New Jersey with my dad to go out to, to a USAC race that he was working with the Miller brothers. So I had to go home and tell him I wrecked this car. Mm. And, and, and you got to realize I have four sisters. So my oldest sister, this is her car, and she, she was not happy. Yeah. And, and my dad didn't – all he said to me is, that car, you will fix that car, you'll buy whatever parts it is, and you'll get that car fixed. Yeah. Well, I go away for the weekend to come back the next, next week – and a guy in town, a local kid, rolled over his pinto, and all that was good on it was the door <laughs> that I needed. So I bought the door for 100 or I bought the whole car for $150. And I took it down to shop, fixed her car, everybody's happy. Car's sitting in the, in the front yard, wrecked, you know. My dad's like, Where are you gonna get rid of that car? I'll get, I'll get rid of the car, Dad. Just settle down. So we went to, I, I, and so in high school, I went to, to Slinger Speedway, hanging out with my buddies on a, on a Sunday night. And they come out with this new class, uh, the mini stocks, four cylinders. Yeah. Perfect. Hey, I got one of them at home. Right. You know, so, and my dad was never a pusher. He was never a guy that said, Robbie, you got to race, or, you know, you want to race, or he never, ever said anything to me. Yeah. And I came home, when, I came home and I said, hey, dad, I was at the Slinger Speedway last night. They got, they got these mini stocks that are running down there. We could take that Pinto and beat that thing out, and we could put a Robar cage in it and go race that thing. Well, I didn't have to say no more, and the car was in the shop, and it was getting, it, and, and, and it, you got to realize, at that time, my dad was just starting his trailer business at Triton, and there was really no money. And my mom didn't want nothing to do with this car. She did not want me in the car. She didn't want me working on it. She didn't want nothing because there was no extra money for nothing. And, oh, yeah. So we were down there secretly building this car. <laughs> right. so. and, and uh, Secretly as you can, I guess. Because you know, our, <laughs> our house was on the top of the hill and the garage was down below. So the garage, mom stayed away from the garage down there. So <laughs> it was kind of a, a deal where it went on all summer. And we got down to the last three weeks, I think, at Slinger and i got a chance or we got the we got the car done and we brush painted it and we taped the number on the door which was 71 which was my dad's number and we we tried to go up and tell my mom that we were going to go to the racetrack <laughs> and a dad was basically thrown out of Dallas because he had built this car <laughs> and uh, we were we were off the, we were going off to Slinger to go race that car that's how my that's basically how my career started
2: do you remember the the drive to the track and like i mean are you <laughs> You grinning ear to ear. Your dad's probably oh, pumped up. Oh so, you, you bet you banging all kinds of questions <laughs> off of him. Like, what are we doing? What do I do here? What do we do there? So, What's so we,
3: happening? We got the station wagon that, that the the gas tank is rotted out of. So we got a boat tank in the back and we got a fuel line that runs through the car and that goes up to the up to the to the motor. And then we had an old trailer that we bowered that had uh, that had just old wood planks in it. It was old wood trailer. And we put that car in there and uh, we headed down there and it was uh you know, you know how you are. You're just so damn nervous to even go out there, right? So I, so I, I start my first race. Oh man, I remember my first three-star race. I was shit scared. So I get out there, and we, we finish the race. It's a 12 lap race, and I finished four laps down. <laughs> 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 so the funny part about it is, I come, I come back home, and and at that time I was working at the trailer company. So I'm working in there, and all of a sudden it's the middle of the morning, and my grandpa's standing i'm well in a trailer together and my grandpa's standing next to me and he's like robbie or he always called me robert robert uh go in and see your dad tell him we're going tell him we got to go up the, to the auto salvage and so i go and tell dad i hey, grandpa's here he's taking me and the dad's like goes out and says something to grandpa and all of a sudden he comes over and says yeah go with your grandpa so we headed on up and we bought a we we went up there and we had a we had a selling torch in the back and we went out and out in a auto salvage and we uh we cut out a rear end we went out went out and got a different gear ratio for it and then we went and found a different carburetor and we came back and we put that put all this stuff on the car we went to slinger the next Sunday night we finished uh, twelve lap feature we finished one lap down hey improvement hey, we were making progress yeah <laughs> so the the next Monday was the same way Grandpa shows up and he says. You're out there running with those six inch slicks, they got 10 inch slicks. We got to go, we got to go get some tires for this thing. So, we go buy the we go get tires from a, a midget, uh, we buy some used tires from a midget guy, and we turn around and the wheels don't fit. So, obviously, we got we to gotta widen the wheels out. So, my dad widens the wheels out. We didn't do anything to the centers of them. So, we get down to Slinger for this is the last night of the year, last night for Slinger. So, we go down and get in the feature. Uh, things are going good. I'm running third Boop. with about two laps to go. Damn. And uh, break the center out of wheel, go up and slam the wall, bend bend a frame. Okay, so we're basically done. All right. So the mini stock association calls up on the next on Monday and says, "Hey, we're going down to Lake Geneva on Saturday night. You guys, we'd like you guys to come along." Well, the car's bent. You know all all these problems. So we go and we chain the car down in in the garage. And Dad goes and borrows the local uh, tra- or the farmer's tractor, and we pull the frame out on this thing and get everything straight on it. And we head down to. So on Saturday, we're going to go down to Lake Geneva. We get the car all straightened up. We're going to Lake Geneva. So now our tow vehicle is the, is that station wagon with the rotted out gas tank. <laughs> so I'm I'm we're going on the highway. Let's uh, say Lake Geneva probably an hour and a half away. We're God. going on the highway. I'm in the back, pouring five gallons of gas in that boat tank to keep the truck, keep the <laughs> car running. Thing. Right. We right. get down there. We we get we down there. It's probably I don't know two o'clock in the afternoon, and there ain't a soul around. There ain't nobody around. We drive in the track. We park in the par- in the in the pit area, and there ain't a soul around. Dad's like, "Hey, let's unload this thing, and we'll make a couple laps with it." <laughs> all right. So we unload it, and we make a couple laps. Well, all of a sudden, people start coming. So. Put the car back up in the trailer, act like nothing happened, and we've got the car sitting there. So then we get ready. It's it's time to go qualify. And uh we take the car out and and uh, I qualify and I come back in. And this is really, really cool now that my dad's passed away. I, I think about it a lot. I, I come back and I come to the trailer and I and I dad comes up to the window and I said, Dad, how do we do? And he's like, just wait, just wait, just wait. Last car's going through. All right, we got fast time. <laughs> and I'm like, we got fast time. And so we, we, we go out and we you know do, do the American flag thing, and we do all that stuff, and, and in the race, we finished third in the race, and I went up and got my paycheck, and I got 24 dollars nice. for the night. and that, and that was it. The racing bug was in. We were going racing. Uh, I show up the ne- or the next day we got the car home, we got everything put away. A guy shows up at the front door on a Sunday morning to buy the car.: Bull Yeah. He saw it run at Lake Geneva. He came to the house and, and and bought the car from us.
0: Now, how much do you have into the car at this point? Like you bought it for a, what 150 bucks? You put it, you've got some tires on it, you've done some modifications. The, the, motor, it-
3: the motor was stock in it. I mean, it, right, it was a stock car.
0: What what, what can we say? 300 bucks, five hundred yes, bucks? Maybe. Something? we
3: sold it for eight hundred. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, you made a profit. Yeah. So we <laughs> took, that was it. Then dad was dad was bought in. We were gonna build a we were gonna build
1: this. This is this, a racing business yes. now. <laughs> now we
3: built the frame, and we were going We went up to the, the the auto salvage that Grandpa was taking me to. All of a sudden, they decided they were gonna put their name on the side of the car, oh, and dude. here we go. That was the start of of my racing. Was
0: your career. mom bought in at any point? Uh, did she? Because she wasn't happy at first, but did she go to these races? She didn't
3: go. She didn't go to any races. She didn't go to any races. Uh, you, you know, ev- eventually, it got it worked out. But we we built this car, and then uh, the really cool part about it was in. So, so this would be my senior year in, college, or senior year in high school. And um, we built the car in the second race of the year at Slinger. I was still going to school. I won the feature. I won the feature on the second night. And uh, we, we actually, I, it, it was a, you know, I was an 18-year-old kid, and I was racing against a 60-year-old guy, and we banged across the finish line, and I ended up beating him, and, and he wasn't happy, and... And I didn't think much about it. You know, it, it just, uh, you know, got everything put away. I went to school the next day, and I could not believe all the kids that came up and congratulated me really? for winning that race. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow, this is really cool stuff, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, during that year, I ended up, uh, we ran Saturday nights at Lake Geneva, and we ran Sunday nights at Slinger. I ended up uh, second in the points at Slinger, and I ended up winning the championship at Lake Geneva with that car. And my mom actually came out on the front stretch after I won the, the feature at, at Lake Geneva on championship night and took pictures with us and Man. all that. And then mom was bought in. Mom was hmm. in. There you you won the track championship at Slinger in 83. Yeah, on uh, the new stock. Yeah. And then you went to late models in 84. Yeah, then we started racing late models. Um, that was uh, – Kind of a slow process, you know uh it's very expensive, and like I had said, you know dad had we had started the business and there wasn't a lot of extra money, but we raced uh we raced periodically um, Where would you get a car? I bought a used car from uh Gary born up in uh Kakauna, yeah Kaquana, Wisconsin. I bought that from Gary, and uh Gary actually worked at Rander car if everybody remembers way back when there was Rander car up there and uh I bought that bought that car and uh we ran we ran you know here and there and, and did the best we could. So you, uh, that's right. So in '83 you leave. You know, after '83 you leave the
2: mini stocks. You go race late models in '84. From '90 90 to '92 you won four different track area and regional championships. Yeah. I mean, it the, the the thing that's interesting to me is like you say well, it was a slow process, but you eventually like stuck with it. Like how was there moments when you know '87 '88 where you're
3: kind of like, you know? Well, '89 was probably the toughest year. We yeah. we had a we our shop burned down. Damn! Uh, what happened? Uh, we just uh, we had a wood stove in there. The one in the backyard. Yeah, the wood stove got too hot, and we we burned the shop down. Yeah. So uh, we had two cars in there at the time. We me and my dad carried them out. The fire department was not happy. We pulled them out of there, and we while the fire's oh, going on. You know, yeah, the they were mad at you? Did you save them? Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and priorities. And then, yeah, <laughs> there, there, there was. I mean, my me and my dad. We aren't very strong guys, but we carried those cars out of there. <laughs> So and like the, wait, wait wait wait. So there's a place literally ablaze all oh yeah. around you? Oh yeah. Yeah, the firemen were up in the up in the attic trying to put the fire out. We and were carrying the car's out. Yeah. How would you get them out? <laughs> we just drug them out with your uh, hands. You know they were they, at that time we were probably halfway in the Bellingham, yeah. they were in roller roller state yep. and we just pulled them pulled out of them there, out there so they didn't get burned up yep. and it, it was a real mess. And and I think you know, my, the team that I had up there at the time was built by all the kids that, I, that we went to high school with. You know, uh, we played Little League, and in, in Allenton was a 200, had 200 people in it, so it was very small. And all the guys that worked on my car were within probably a mile of, of a radius of the, of the house. You know, and we were all friends, we were all the same age, and there were six of them that, that came down and worked on the car all the time. And, uh, you know, I think in 89, everybody kind of got a little bit sick of it, you know we were wrecking and not racing real well and blah 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 and all all that. So uh, in '89, I took the car down to to where Matt Kinseth was working at Left Hander Chassis. Matt worked it. Well, I don't shop? know if he worked. <laughs> he was there. Yeah, let's let's just say yeah. he was there. If you know Matt, the working wasn't a big thing. <laughs> and uh, I want to so,
0: know more about that. No, keep I'm talking on, about keep that. Keep going that? on. Keep going but on. That, uh,
3: anyway, that. Um, so I took the car down by Wayne Lansing, and, and all I had was a cage. I mean, the front clip was knocked off, the rear clip was knocked off, it, and I had a cage. And uh, Wayne looked at that car, and he said, I'm not fixing that. you got to have a new car. And I said, Wayne, I don't have money for that. I, I, If you could just tack the crunk clip on and tack the rear clip on, I'll take it home. I'll weld it up. Just." And he's like, he, he, it went on for a half hour, how stupid I was, you know. And he well so finally he he tacked it all together and I took the car home and welded it up and, and at that time, like I said, most of the guys that work in the car were kind of kinda fed up with it. So that winter I I I bought a cheap old firebird body and I put this car back together and I got everything ready to go and I went down to an arco show at Rockford to start the year, the spring opener. And that's where all the all the big guys are, you know, that that was the thing with Wisconsin Arco Racing was was all the superstars were there and I went and I finished fourth. Yeah. In that race. And man that I came back and the next Monday night everybody was at the show. Everybody was back and <laughs> coming out of the woods. And then my then my late mile career really took off. And
2: what do you it, associate that to? The 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 new front clips and
3: no I th- rebuilding th- the car or what I think associated it to me understanding what this was really about. You know, yes, I think that, I think I was a young kid that didn't uh, take it seriously, and when the chips were down, I I realized that I had to put the effort in it. Uh, to, it kind of it was kind of a change. You know, you get to a point in your life, all of a sudden, sometimes you you get the kid knocked out of you. Well, that was probably what happened to me, and I got the kid knocked out of me, and then all of a sudden, racing was was I was all about it and yeah. I, and I made sure that everything was done correctly every single time I went. You think that in 89 you realized
2: how easily like you were you you were faced with maybe a reality that racing might not be in your future and you said I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen. That's that, you buckled down. That's
3: and... a lot of it and I think when, when I had to do it all myself yeah. I understand the value of having those people. Oh okay. And I think uh, I realized what a team was about. You know, I yeah. think I got a real education there and and then then the things started to really start to run. And then, uh, you know, I got a lot of help on the outside. I had a, a great sponsor in Bobfish Pontiac at the time. And yeah. I got, you know, a lot of people started to give me shocks and yeah. brakes and chassis and started to help me. Uh, and then and then it, it just it went from there. 90, 90, 90, I didn't win anything, but I was second and third in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, 91, 92, and 93, especially 93, uh, we raced all the time and it, uh, we ran. You know, won a lot of stuff and, and uh, you know, the championship, the Wisconsin Short Track Championship was a, was a big, big deal up there because it was, you ran at two different, you know, ran six series race with, at two different races, or three different racetracks, actually. And uh, you raced against the best of the best. So to win that championship uh, was a big honor. What are you doing for a living? Racing? At that time? Yep. Ninety. It, I worked. I worked at the trailer factory um, all the way to 93. So the deal I had with my dad is I had to come in in the morning, get everybody up and running. And then I could go uh, about noon. I could go down and work on the car. And then I, we had another fella that his name was name was Dave Richter. He helped me. And he was kind of a a full-time guy that I was paying at that time to, to help me run all these races. Cause I was running, uh, from April to September, I ran 70 races, Yeah, you know, so I had two cars and and uh, so we were working together quite a That's bit. That's wild, man! Oh yeah.
2: I mean, coming from the pinto, you know, dragging it down the road, <laughs> and now you got two cars, one full-time employee, racing, you know, over sixty times a year. Um, so, after winning the um, the short track series
3: championship, uh, what's next? Well, everybody everybody's pushing me to go ASA racing, and and actually the award for winning that 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 short track championship was an asa ride that carl wagner had put together is it a good car i didn't know much about it because i was i pretty much had my mind up that i had i was going to run Bush grand national because i had come down by your your dad and i had purchased the car that i ran the first bush race up at milwaukee in 93 93 so
2: wait a minute so you went to the farm shop where did you buy this yeah. car Okay.
3: Yeah, I actually came down here and I ran Concord a couple of times, the Big Ten series. All right, in your in your late model. Yes. Yep. And then uh, while I was down here, what uh, year was that? 93? This would be ninety-two. Okay. Damn. Okay. So, um, me and Carrie, you'll laugh at all this. All got set up because uh, we, Milwaukee came along and they were going to have the first Bush race. Me and Carrie might have had our late mo- or a little street stock over there. Yeah, might have been. Yeah. And and I. Uh, I uh, I want we wanted to run that race and Bob Fish Pontiac was pushing pretty hard to run that race because it was a big deal in Wisconsin. So uh, when we my dad called Alan Quiky and said, "Hey, we would like to do this. How do how do we go about finding a car?" And he got us with Don Hawk, which Don okay. must have called Dale. Yeah, and Dale had a car available. So I, when we were down for the Concord, we swung by and and talked to Dale. Do you, uh, you remember pulling in there? Oh yeah. You remember seeing Dad? Yeah. What did it i count? remember when i was we were standing, how old are you um at that time i was probably 20 28 yeah there. There. what did you what did y'all say well it, we were in the shop looking at the car and what the car look like it was a black black three
2: yeah but was it a? I guess in 93 it was probably a lumina like a it square was a lumina it was a lumina
3: yeah cool yeah. and it uh it was a Hopkins keep,
2: car. Sorry to keep interrupting you. So he didn't have Jeff Green. He didn't have hired drivers. This is his car. He drove this car. Yeah. Yeah, so he's selling a car. This was
3: before the Jeff Green thing. Yeah,
2: he's yeah. driving his Bush cars back then. Yes.
3: Damn, dude. Yeah, so I, get, I walked the- into the barn and it had all the deer heads. And, yeah. And Tony, Tony Sr. was there. And and, uh, and and the thing was we were looking at the car, and all of a sudden this this. Big tall man came walking in his Dale. It's like holy crap, what a presence he's he's yeah. set, you know. And <laughs> were you
0: expecting to see Dale at all? Uh, or were you thinking that you were just gonna go in and look at this car what? maybe with people? Tony help you.
3: Tony made it clear that Dale was making the deal. Okay. The, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is being, I'm scared to death for you, yeah. and this is years ago. <laughs> yeah. So we, we ended up making a deal mm-hmm. and what was we, the deal? Uh I, could, I couldn't I I don't it was a fair yeah. it was a fair price. Was uh, it a
2: trailing arm car or three link?
3: It was a trailing arm car. Yeah, okay, because he yeah. bought a three link from
2: uh, Rusty that he got from when uh, Rusty got rid of all his stuff that Kenny Wallace was driving, right around that same time. And he bought this three link gray chassis that he drove at North Willsboro, But I didn't know if you'd bought no, that they car said a or different. Chassis yeah, this a chassis. this is a real deal.
3: Yeah, this is a real deal. Damn. And uh, so we bought that bought that car from him, and that was all part of part of getting going. How was the car? It was good. I I, I ran my first Bush race at Milwaukee and I finished seventeenth. Yeah. Damn. How cool is that? It Where is. Where'd cool. that car go? Well, actually, Matt Kenseth killed it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Matt Kenseth drove a car that Dale Earnhardt drove. That yes. is amazing. And I love like it. connected chassis.
3: <laughs> I got one for you. Yeah. He he. What happened to that car is uh, the throttle stuck at Milwaukee, and he he hit the wall with it, uh-huh. and and we destroyed it, and that was the end of that car. What year? That would have been '97. Yeah. Okay. '97, and then where we had our shop there in Denver North Carolina we were doing our bushcraft national stuff across the street was uh, Hank Parker yeah and Hank bought a bunch of stuff from Dale yep i ended up buying a car from Hank that was a, was one of the, one of Dale's old cars and i turned it into a pit stop practice car that mm. Matt Kenseth tried to kill every day out, out, <laughs> out <laughs> yeah. in pit practice area yeah. <laughs> that's <Nice>. pretty cool
2: <laughs> so um you, bought, you got your bush car, and now, you, like you say, you had your mind made up that you're going bush racing. Um, another massive step, right? Another leap in expenses and costs, and how are you getting supported to
3: be able to go do this? Yeah, we, didn't, we, we should have never did it. I mean, me and my dad were naive to this. We should have never came down and did this. Uh, what we did first is we went to Denver, and we found four acres of land, and we put up a building. And along with the building, we also brought the trailers down. So we, ran, we we started a distributorship here for five states down here with the Triton trailers, and then we That's were gonna sport. go. Then we were gonna go race the cars. Yeah, we were gonna run. You bring your late models down and all that. I brought the late model down, but I didn't. But I didn't race late models here. I used it to go back to Wisconsin uh, to race some. You know, oh. I, I went back and ran the openers in '94. I actually won both openers at Madison and Slinger. Uh, traveling from,
2: con- from traveling from North yes. Carolina. Yeah. Sh- and uh
3: and and then we ran like 10 races uh that that year with With your bush car with the bush car and why do you say you shouldn't have done it because we didn't understand we 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 were naive to how many people it took first i mean we came down with with two guys you know we showed up at our first race with me and me and two other guys how many would you have needed well you, you know you got you probably need six guys at that time with truck driver and okay. engine guy, and you know we were running the V sixes. We knew nothing about them. We knew nothing about the, the little bit we knew about the Bush car was what what we got when we bought the car from Dale, and and what we were doing at Milwaukee. Yeah. And uh, so our first race was Rockingham, and we were just we were just out to lunch. We didn't know what what springs to have in the car or anything, you know. And it just it was a total disaster, really. It uh, we we should have never, like I say, we should, it, looking back on it how this all worked out i don't even know but somehow it, it worked out but it should have. <laughs> yeah well so i imagine you learned a
0: lot though out of that i mean who you, helped you,
2: who was you... helping you Nobody. like i'm yeah but i'm sure you were walking around in the garage going hey man i'm you know i'm struggling today who are the people that you could communicate with there were certainly some people from your neck of the woods in that bush garage
3: well not not so much at that time uh-huh. um you know we uh we got some help from from Mr Labani because they were tied in the in the Carl uh Carl Wagner with the engines mm-hmm. so he kind of gave us a little bit of direction um you know and we we got little tidbits here and there, but it was basically I couldn't afford it uh yeah. hiring anybody, so we were doing it ourselves <laughs> yeah and it was it was uh it was really difficult I remember
2: that so um i this is a really fun moment the one of them things this fun for me i bet he didn't he <laughs> didn't think nothing of it. But uh, I was at Myrtle Beach. Yeah, and he I remember was, talking to you. I had my late model there, and I was running some laps, and it was the day before the race, and he was there testing his car. and We were the only two cars at the racetrack that I remember. And it's like a Thursday or Friday, right? And I'm going to run the feature for our late model program later Saturday night, and I think the Bush race was either that weekend or, or the next. And you had your car there. You were there. You were driving it. And uh, you had your big 18-wheeler hauler and just packed full of parts and pieces. And um, I had a – I think I had a um, issue with a carburetor, and um, we didn't have the part. And I'm like, I'm going to go ask Robbie, and I was so nervous. (laughs) And um, you um, had this look on your face all the time back then and the look on your face was this is hard as hell i'm grinding my ass off i'm working my ass off and i'm i'm not getting any traction you just had this look on your face of man you were you were really frustrated and 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 you it, it was uh it was hard to approach you you know you were not the smiley happy guy you are today <laughs> And you're kind of, you know, you're intimidating. So I was, I was like, all right, all right, I'll go ask him. I'll go ask him. I'll go ask him. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. I'll <laughs> And it's like me and Wesley Sherrill sitting, standing there. And we're like, who's going to go ask you? So we walk over there and I'm like, hey man, I got, a, I got my carburetor and I got a problem. And then if you had it and you're like, oh, we might got it. We might have it. We might have it. You go back in the truck and you're digging through stuff and you come out with something. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. That's so nice. And we chatted for about five minutes and, uh, I um never knowing you know that like you know we would we would race together and against each other and have and and be sitting here today right having this great conversation but um and I I don't know why that little moment was so brief but uh, as brief as it was it was just kind of a interesting thing how how we were put in that place on that you know Hell on yeah. that day to have that conversation or yeah. have you know and and I I learned like I really after that day even before you got with Matt, I was like, "Man, that was so nice." That uh, as tough as things were for you in that moment for your program, and you were probably thinking, "Damn, what do I got to do to get this thing going?" You're working as hard as you've ever worked, and it, it visually it appeared um, for you to say, "Yeah, I got you. I got a part over here." You know, I figured there was fifty percent chance you were going to say, "I ain't got time for that?" Shit. You got, you know, get the hell out of here, kid you know um but you did and i really appreciated that
0: um time out do you remember this yes. and also did you also know that you were that unapproachable
3: <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> my feelings are no i did <laughs> uh, i think back then uh dales right i mean i was trying i really was trying to make the dream happen you know i was really wanting everything to to work out uh you know i i was we were way in over our heads. We we didn't, you know, like I said from the beginning, we shouldn't been there, but uh, really, really wanted to make that work. I yeah. really wanted to be a part of what this is down here. I really, you know, like a lot of young kids, you know, you just uh, you wanted that dream, but you had, to, you had to earn your way, and I think that's the, probably the word behind my name is you earned it every
1: day to try to get there. No sh. I mean, if anybody ever earned it? it was you what's up download listeners it is the biggest time of the year right now for college basketball and I will tell you regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney one thing is for certain it takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at the next level and if you are hiring you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level and how do you do that Zip Recruiter. That's right, man. We just went through a big hiring process Mm ourselves, and it was helpful to have Zip Recruiter's powerful technology, which starts showing you qualified people for it immediately after you post your job. Yeah, That is crazy. Mm -hmm. Pick Zip Recruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip Recruiter for free, ziprecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ziprecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails?
2: Break free with clickup.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just clickup. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. Hey, Dirty Mo listeners, this is Dylan Hart Jr. It's May, and you know what that means. The Indianapolis 500 is just around the corner. Thankfully, we have Speed Street. With indie Car racer Connor Daly and comedian Joey Molinero, they're going to get us ready to go. Follow Speed Street so you never miss an episode, and get ready for the greatest spectacle in racing: the Indianapolis Five Hundred. You had a big crash in '95 in yeah. Talladega. You airlifted out of there, and you had you had some injuries. Um, wh- was that um, how difficult, I guess, was that to go through? How serious was that situation? You know,
3: I think. It was pretty serious, but I didn't know how serious it was. You know, uh, back then people didn't talk about concussions and head injuries and all that type of thing. Um, you just, you just dealt with them, you know, and I think that probably throughout my career, I probably had it a few times, but I surely had it that time after, after Talladega and I, I, um, I didn't talk about it much. Uh, you know, I had gone, seen Doc Petty and Doc Petty gave me the okay to continue on, but, uh. Uh, there wasn't some, there was things that were weren't right you know every time i would you know if i put my head in a certain position everything would go would go uh circular yeah you know and it was you know 10 days later after that after that wreck i was up at bristol racing you know and it just um probably should have you know looking back on it probably should have stopped but we weren't stopping at that time i mean it was just uh you know that was your lifeline you were yeah. going you were gonna, if you want the race you had to keep racing what was the you know? decision
2: what was the deciding factor for you to stop driving and get somebody else to drive the car uh money
3: right <laughs> you know uh that what what happened was we ran 95 and we ran you know we ran okay but we never ran good enough to to get any interest and and, and I shouldn't say that i there was some interest for me to drive for somebody else but I had my own team and I had my own car and I had, you know, guys that had moved down here with me and I, I just I turned them down. Um, what opportunities? Well I had two chances. How about that? Two chances to drive for somebody else. Ooh. And um, I, I just never I never chased it. You know what I mean? Do, I you, just, do you remember who they were? I remember who they were. Whew. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about come it. Come on! Ah, uh, no, I'm not. I, I just—it's just the the route we took. Yeah, you know, and and it, you know, I I, I think
0: <sighs> answer is this: Are they notable?
3: Yeah. Yeah, one was really notable. I just uh, it would have been a, it would have been an opportunity for me, but I I don't know at the end of the day if I would have ended up with the ride. That's why I'm saying that. Yeah. I, I, you I, know, okay. they had just I, come I talk to me about it. Yeah. And. I was, I was, you know, when Dale says I was unapproachable, I was a little unapproachable at that time because I, w- I wanted to make my own thing work. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, and, and, inside my heart, I was going to make it work. I just, I, I just, we were so naive to what the finances of this whole thing were that, you know, at the end of 95, we just, we couldn't make it work anymore. We pretty much had to park everything and go sell trailers. And and uh, you know, the two guys that had moved down here with me, one of them stayed, which was uh, which you know real well, Russ Strupp, who ended up staying with me a whole the whole time. Me and him in '96 worked, uh, we worked in Lake Norman putting piers in. I put piers in for Ricky Rudd and Buddy Parrott and Holy Spencer, and and that was my that that, that was my live, you know, that's how I was trying to. Put groceries on the table yeah. at that time, and then so I was stay down to, here. Yeah, and I was trying to help Dad with the trailers and and keep going. And 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 you know, Dad, you know, at that time we we were going to run a couple races. We were going to run Dover. We we're going to run Milwaukee. You know, and uh, that's that was in '96 when all this was happening. So you had a
2: part-time season in '96. Well,
3: I ran two races. That's I ran, it. I, yeah, I ran Dover and I ran Milwaukee. And you, what's this thing about a truck deal? You're so, supposed to get in a truck. So, yes, I, in 96, I got a chance to drive for the Miller brothers out of Random Lake, uh, Milwaukee. I qualified fifth with it, and then we had a brake issue during the race. And uh, I was going to go to IRP. And Tommy Miller called me and said, hey, Robbie, I got a little issue here. Um, Chevrolet would like to support us at IRP, but they want Tony Stewart to drive the car. Well, I had an attitude, you know i, I was like, like that and why him yeah, why, yeah. Why, why 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 are you doing this you know and, and tommy was like well dollars and cents wise, this'll help us and we can go ra- i'll I'll guarantee you I'll let you run it at richmond and phoenix if you if you do the irp thing with, with uh, tony and you know i went home and i was frustrated my dad's like Robbie, this is part of the way it is you know you're going to have to you're gonna, you're going to have to learn to to do some of this you know and and you need to call tommy and tell him you'll help him And I was going to, you know, I wanted to tell Tommy, (laughs) I ain't helping, you know. Yeah. But, uh, so I, my first cruise chiefing job was for Tony Stewart at IRP. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) we, we ran good. I mean, we were running in the top, top five and he's, he's, he slammed the wall with it. He gets on the radio and he tells me, boy, that was stupid. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that was stupid. We're running fifth here, you know, but we ended up finishing, uh, the top 10 and, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a little bit of a start of what I was going to do. But really what changed the whole thing was um, in the middle of July, I got a call from Fred Wanke from Virtue Racing to do a five-race deal with uh, Hut Strickland as a mechanic. Okay. So Russ and myself, we, 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 we at that time didn't have jobs, so we went off and, and did the five-race deal with, with Virtue Racing. And during the time we were, we were doing this, uh, Kathy kept talking. Kathy Virtue kept talking about this f- craft foods program she had going into in the '97, and with the with the program they had with Hut, um, things didn't work out at the end, and uh, they had to they had to close that down, and and she. She had no. She was going to take that Kraft Foods and put it in that program. Mm-hmm. So I made a comment to her as we were leaving, leaving the last night. I said to her, if you guys are interested in this, I got a shop full of cars. If you got a driver, tell me who the driver is, and I'll put a driver in there, and I'll go run that, I'll go run that Kraft Foods program. Because at that time, I was going to lose my whole shop and everything. I, there was no money to do any of this. And I was going to lose everything, so I called my dad. Told him what was going on, and he's like, "Well, you make sure you get a contract. Make sure there's a tight business deal. Blah blah blah." And um, so she all of a sudden one night, uh, it was like eleven o'clock at night on a Saturday night. She calls me and tells me she would be interested in doing this if I was interested in putting Tim Bender in the car. Did you know who Tim Bender was? No, yeah. not at that time. Yeah, and uh, and I told her, sure, you know, make sure this is you know business. And so she said, "Well, I'm going to sign the deal on Thursday." I will be at your shop at five o'clock on Thursday with the contract, and I'll have a starting check. And the way we go. All right. So I'm all lined up for this. So Thursday night, I got everything clean. I'm all ready to go. Here she's going to come in. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be gold. Nobody showed, mm. you know, no, not, no phone call, no nothing. What was up with that? So 8 30 at night, I'm at home. Here she calls. She says, I've been de- I was delayed in the meeting. I just got into Charlotte. I'm on my way. So about 10 o'clock at night, I met her up at the shop, and she had everything in order, and we put this thing together. And that was the start of the the, the 17th and the Kraft Foods uh, yeah. program yeah. with Tim Bender as a driver. Tim Bender raced snowmobiles. Tim Bender raced snowmobiles, and he also ran the Sportsman Series. He did? Yes. Oh, the one that ran at Charlotte. Yes. That's right. Yes, and he was very good at yeah, it. Yeah, he was. Yes, and and Tim was, Tim was a very good driver. It's just that when Tim came to drive for us, there wasn't – There was money to run the car, but there wasn't. You know, there was money for a race for an engine program and tires and stuff, but there wasn't money for a a full-blown pit crew. So I ended up being the crew chief, and and I was not the right crew chief for Tim Bender at that time. Why? Because I wasn't experienced enough for for him to come out of the sportsmans to the bush cars. It was no different than me coming from the late models into the bush cars. I just didn't have, I just didn't have the know-how to make it work for for what for all the for all the change that he was going through. I was not the right guy for that. Now, we did, we did have some success. We sat on the pole at yeah. Atlanta. You know, and we had, I remember there being these little moments where you're like, oh, you know, that's good. Yes. There was times, but it was, it, it, you know, Tim, Tim grew, grew up running the sportsman series, which was on bigger racetracks. He had no short track experience or any of that. And it, it really, you know, I, I was holding him back for, for what he was trying to do there. He had a crash at Bristol that got him hurt. Yeah. What happened? Uh, in qualifying, he just spun it around, went up in the wall and he got, you, you know, he hurt his back pretty bad. And, and, um, it was to a point where I think at that time we had wrecked a few cars and he was, he was, he was starting to question if he could do it and he was hurt and he took off and went back to Buffalo gotcha. uh, on a Friday night. So NASCAR was really good to us that time, and they really held practice for us to get our car out on track. And and because I I combed the garage trying to find someone to drive it, but at that time, if you had a provisional, they wouldn't let anybody in the top thirty-five in the Cup's garage drive it because David Green was a it for me. But Who? He, but David, David Green, Green. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't allow it. So, so what'd you I, do? I drove the car. You raced it. I raced at Bristol. It. So it, it, We had we had wrecked so many cars, and this was only good car had left so i ran it about 20 laps said we had a fuel problem with it and put it away and we went back and we sat down as a team and we 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 tried to figure out who was going to drive this car you know and
2: um what ideas did you have besides what would eventually happen did you oh there was a lot of calling everybody a
3: lot of different well we didn't call nobody we sat down as a group and and there was a lot of names that came out right and uh you know, I kept, I, I kept, I, I didn't say much because I was sitting there thinking to myself, man, everybody that they're, they're talking about already had their opportunity. You know, I'd rather get somebody that that's going to turn some heads here that I think can do this. Yeah. And in the back of my mind was was Matt, and, 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 and we have to go back in a whole another story about the relationship I had with Matt. But I want to do that. Okay. So, how do you know Matt? Okay, so in 90 when things started to go and Matt was coming into the late model divi- division mm-hmm. and I was running really pretty good, starting to run well. Yeah. And Matt, obviously, I mean, just face it. I, I was the guy who had to learn how to race, race a car. Matt had the ability to race the car. And when he came in, he was a factor right away. I mean, he, he, he did things with the cars that young guys just don't do. And he was able to, he was able to, to go out and compete. And Um, you know, in in Wisconsin, you'd have to start in the back to, to, if you're a fast qualifier, you start in the back and you have to drive your way through. Matt would always, he would always be on the front two rows, you know, front two rows. And I'd be back in here, you know, seven rows, you know, and, and, uh, we raced against him at Madison, which was his home track. He raced against us at Slinger, which was my home track. So obviously he had two different fan bases and, uh, you know. He raced with his dad. I raced with my dad, and we did not get along. I mean, uh, when we when when I raced against Matt, Matt Matt was very good at putting his car where you want it to go, uh-huh. you know. Mm-hmm. And the only way you were gonna get around him is you were gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to move him, or you're gonna have to slide in there or do something to him to get get by him. And it seemed like every time we come, you know, especially Madison, we'd come down to the last three four laps, and there would you would know, have to pass Matt to to, to win this thing, and. And uh, I wasn't too gentle. I mean, I was uh, uh, forced my way in there and, <laughs> and uh, take it away. Yeah. And uh, obviously that, that didn't sit well with everybody with everybody there. And Slinger, Slinger was a little different because at Slinger I was you were to get. I, yeah, I was just a little bit, a little bit faster, and I, I, could, I could put my car where I wanted to do it and, and get my thing done. And I wasn't so, so, you know,
0: did he ever move you? Well, yeah, did you ever fight? No. Well, did the dads?
3: Wait, wait. Oh well, no! No, there was never a fist fight. There was arguments. Arguments. I mean, and we didn't we didn't talk to each other much, you know. I pretty much told him to get the hell out of the way, and he told me to get the hell away from him, you know. So <laughs> that was pretty much how, how how it was, you know. And uh, we just, in, in in, and it wasn't like we were total enemies. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like we walked through the garage area and and or pit area and. You know, wanted to fight right away. It right. was, it was just, it was just a mutual uh, respect that he stayed over here, I stayed over here, and we went and raced, and that then we loaded up and went home. And uh, you know, so when when we were looking at, at somebody to drive the Bush car, I kept thinking, you know,
2: had that, you? I want to know, but you're you're off now racing the Bush car, far removed from those days of racing Matt in the in the late model up north. Had y'all had a, any you know? Had y'all had any conversations? Had y'all stayed in touch?
3: Yes, and then, oh. and this is surprising because he came down here to run the Hooters Cup a Hooters Cup Series with Carl Wagner, which was the engine builder mm. for yeah. me. So Carl called me one day and he said, "Hey Robbie, I know you're not gonna want to do this, but I'd really <laughs> like you to go down to Charlotte and spot for Matt in the in the Bush race." And I said, "I'll go down and help him. I'll go down and help him." and then, in the Bush race? In in the Bush race, he got he he had a. I'm trying to think who he got that ride with. Um, he was driving somebody's car, and I, I okay. think it might have been Joe Nemeczek. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure, but anyway, I went and spotted for him, and then and then he had another. I think it was another Bush race or something that he needed me to go uh, up the Hickory and get his uh, Hooters Cup car uh, ready to go practice his Hooters Cup car, and I went up and did that. So we, it wasn't like we were, you know. Fist-a-cuff type guys. We just right. yeah. well, we just weren't weren't buddy buddy guys.
0: It sounds to me now that you're not competing against, against each other on the track it was the only place where you guys were really we're, running into each other. Yeah, we were and, trying to help each other. Right. You know. So, and, so, so now. Um, so
2: in here it is in '96. Yeah. In '96, he drove uh, Carl Wagner. Wagner owned the car number fifty five.
3: Yeah. And I, I think it was somebody it was somebody else's car to Carl Boward or something. Yeah. I, I don't remember how they all put it together. I bet it was
2: that car that Tim Fiedel was driving, that old Ford, that big white Ford fifty five.
3: Yeah. And, and actually he did a really good job with it. Sure. I mean I mean, who would have thought he'd be a hall of Famer? but but uh
2: <laughs> so wait, y'all are starting to, you know, y'all stayed in communication. This is why he's top of
3: mind while you're trying to go through the Yeah, so in my mind I was thinking, you know. I think Matt could do this. And and if I did my part and he did his part, man, we could I think we could do this. And uh I remember I remember sitting at that room and everybody was talking and and uh finally my dad looks over and says, Robbie, what do you what do you want to do here? And I said, I think I think dad I'd like to put Matt Kinson in the car. And I mean my dad, it was a it was a no. He didn't I mean like it was that. no. <laughs> it was uh it was a head shake and no, you know, and I said, "Dad, I, I think he can do it, you know, and I think with what we got for a team, and for for what he could bring as a driver, I think I think we could put this together and get this going, you know, and and what a lot of people didn't know was was uh, the sponsor Kraft Foods didn't like the decision either because. Why not? Well, because I was bringing was. a guy in that wasn't known. Yeah, they didn't know who he was. Yeah, they didn't know who he was. That's the toughest thing. And and that was really hard because yeah. I was bringing in somebody that that nobody knew, and even the guys on the team a lot, you know, a lot of guys were from down in the south, and only a few guys at the table from the from where we were from. So everybody was kind of giving me a, you know, this is this is you're taking a big chance here, and and especially when I went against Kathy Virtue to put Matt in the car, it was. Uh, it was not well received so we headed down to we were headed to nashville and uh nashville fairgrounds nashville i remember it
2: i had uh, my little sickens car there
3: yeah yeah and uh matt ran top 10 yep we qualified good and and he ran he ran good and um then the next week i i was to take him to talladega Mm. and i said to matt several times man i if you don't want to go to Talladega, I'll get some. Actually, Brett Bodine offered to drive the car. Yeah, and and I was going to get somebody else to drive the car. And Matt came to me and he said, "I want to drive that car." Hmm. All right. You want to drive the car? We'll drive the car. All right. So we we head to Talladega, and and I remember this. I want to I
2: want to ask you before we get too far. When Matt, when you called Matt and asked him about this deal, yeah. Did
3: he think you were messing with him? I don't know. You know, I. I bet the, he had to mask
2: his enthusiasm a bit.
3: Yeah, because I, I had the argument with my dad, and then my dad's like, "Well, then if that's what you want to do, you give him a call tomorrow morning and get this set up." So I call him. I I I call him at his at his at his house, and I get his mother on the phone, and she tells me he's racing in Rougemont, North Carolina, and I'm like, "Okay, perfect. Orange I'll give, County. I'll, I'll go give him a call." Yeah. So I call the track because this is before cell phones and all this stuff, you know. So I I give him a call. And I tell the track it's an emergency. I'd like to have Matt Kenseth <laughs> call, call, and I give him my number. Yeah, so he calls and and uh, I could tell on the other end it's like what in what does he want? Right, you know. And I tell him I tell him what I want to do. And and uh, I mean he's dead quiet on the end of the phone. All of a sudden he just says, "Robbie, are you sure you want to do this?" He knew, you know, in, inside my gut, I was like, I want to drive this thing, but right. oh, I knew this yeah. wasn't going to be right, you know. And I knew. Here's the other thing: I knew, I knew that everybody on the outside was looking at the Kraft Foods account with Tim Bender, and if you put Tim Bender off to the side and you drove it yourself, you did this on, you did this, you had, you did this, yes, yeah. you did this, yeah. and I knew it wasn't right. You're playing all along. Yes, and yeah. oh man, I. It was never my plan. No, I'm just saying that. I'm, that's
2: what people would have thought.
3: Yes, people would have thought that. Yeah.
2: and I can't believe that you were self aware enough to like not put yourself in that position. Well, that's pretty. I mean, that says a lot about your character, I think, because a lot of people would have said, "Hell with it, I'm driving it." You know, yeah, I don't care
3: what anybody thinks. I, I think, I think it was two things, Dale. I think um, one, I wanted to make this work, mm-hmm. and I knew that I knew that if I controlled the team. And I had somebody that, could, that I could understand as a driver. I could make this work. I think mm-hmm. that was number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I really wanted to drive it myself, but I knew it wasn't right, you know. And I knew in in some cases that I wasn't quite right yet either. Be to get over what I had gone through. So I, I, this was the right thing to do. Yeah. You okay. know. Timeout though. Did
0: Matt when he asked you, "Are you sure you want to do this?" What is he exactly asking? Is he asking because he knows you want to drive it, or is he asking, do you think that me and you together is a thing that? We no, got to- he knew I
3: wanted to drive it. <laughs> so he's actually
0: looking out for you almost. Yeah,
3: it maybe in a way. I think he. I think he was making d- darn sure that the decision was for him to drive it, not for me to to bring him along yeah
0: maybe maybe saying he's looking out for you is probably not the exact way to write that yeah yeah right like uh, yeah are you going to try to muscle me out of it yeah <laughs> get me excited about this and then and, not just take over
3: you know and and from day one we never had that conversation you know what i mean it, we he was okay. a driver
0: and you were yep you he, were running that you team.
3: know and i was running the team and that's how we went and did it mm-hmm. and You know, there were times on the radio when he complained about the radio. I said, "Bring that thing in here. I'll just drive it myself." (laughs) You know, in in some of the laughs, you know, but that that was how we that that was our relationship. I mean, we were we were you know the thing is we were like two brothers. You know, the big brother and the little brother. That's how it kinda was. Yeah. And uh that, that's how we got going. I mean the when we went to Nashville Dale, you'll laugh at this. We we shared a motel room, me and him. Yeah. And we watched Days of Thunder yeah. <laughs> before the race. Yeah. You know, I mean it was just that that's kinda how, how the thing all started.
0: I think you're right, Dale. I, I think these guys, especially like, you know, whether it's Robbie or Rodney Childers, there at some point there's this moment where they have to have a sense of humility or yeah, they have to humble themselves to be able to make a decision in a phone call like that because that is actually way harder to do than what most people. You're probably not giving yourself enough credit on that. I think that's a hard decision you, to do. You
3: know the thing that at that time, I don't think it even crossed my mind about myself. I, it crossed my mind about the team. Yeah, well, you know, it really, it again, really crossed my mind of making this work. It's because a selfless act, though. I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose our whole shop and all our cars and all the things that we had built and the people had come down to help. I I didn't want to lose all that. You know, and that's fair. And uh, you
2: had a real opportunity
3: with the sponsorship. Yes. And 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 here's the thing. When when the Kraft Foods, you know, found out we went with Matt Kenseth, they signed with another driver. Who? Two weeks later, Derek Cope. They signed a deal with Derek Cope, never told me. Damn. So I ran we ran the Whole season basically not knowing this till that about were, September that they weren't coming back. Damn, and and that's the thing. At, at this time, I you know there was enough money to get this thing going, but there wasn't a lot of money to get this thing going. You know, and there, it, it, it was it was difficult, and and the the local bank in in town. Uh, People's Bank, Danny Richards, for some reason, was supporting all of what we had going on to get this all going. Mm-hmm. Because cause what a lot of people didn't know is that when Virtue closed, I bought Virtue Racing and married it, and then I sold off all the parts that I wasn't going to use, and that was kind of how we funneled the, the money to make all of this kind of work for the Kraft Foods thing. Mm-hmm. So then it, when September shined around and they weren't coming back, I had no sponsor going in the '98. Yeah. No sponsor. And, and the team was running well. I didn't want to give up on it. You know, I, I wanted to make this work. Well, then, then at that time Matt got the opportunity to sign a contract for test driving for Roush. And he came to me and he said he told me about that. And I said, Matt, you got you gotta take that. I mean, that's it, test driver. Why why wouldn't you take that? You know, I mean, Mark Martin was was pushing this for us to go there you know, or I shouldn't say for us, for yeah. him to go there. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were, we were on the outside and, and, uh, you know, and I had no, knew I had no sponsorship. And, and then, and then the thing was, they came, a, a couple teams came and talked to Matt about driving 98 and they were, they were full blown good rides. And, uh, you know, he came and told me this, and I'm like, you know, Matt, I don't have a sponsor. We're-. You know, and, and at that time, me and Dad, were doing the, we were doing the, the sponsor run. You know, uh, Duralube was looking, Channel Lock was looking, some of these people were looking. So we were going to all these, these companies trying to put something together. Yeah. And, and, and actually, Roush, uh, through Mark Martin, had talked to Jeff Smith, and Jeff Smith was looking for, for some stuff for us. And they came along in December, I think. We still had no sponsor, but uh, Jeff Smith said, well, they, they think they have a sponsor. You know, I think this is all going to be okay. This is going to work out, blah, blah, blah. So obviously working with the bank in town, we were shuffling this, and we were carrying the team through 90, through the winter of 97 to get ready for 98. And it seemed like everything was going okay, and and, and everything was kind of lined up through uh, what, what Jeff Smith had. And... We went down to test uh, back then that's when you had the testing at Speedweeks down at for Daytona. So mm-hmm. we went down to do a test and we were we were like second or third. We had a really fast speedway car and a, really happy with everything and everything was going and the team was working nice and you know Matt was doing a great job and all all, all of everything was lined up and I could tell on the last day something was different with my dad. You know, I I when I talked to him, I, it, it wasn't my dad is always you know the sun was always shining in my dad's world. No matter how bad it was, the sun was always shining. And for some reason, he didn't, he, he, it wasn't shining at, at, at that moment. And, and then he asked me to ride home in the van with him instead of going back with the team. So I knew something was up, you know. So we're riding home, and he tells me that, that uh, Jeff Smith had called, and everything had fallen apart. Mm. Holy sh! And there was no deal. And uh, – we were, I mean, we were, we were devastated, and there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of money here. We just had carried this thing all the way through the offseason and getting ready for 98, so, and, and Daytona was next week, mm. you know, the start of the season was next week, so uh, we, came back, we came back, and we, we um, me and my dad went down and sat with the banker, Danny Richards at the People's Bank, and we told him what the situation was, and he took a look at all the things that we owned and said, "You know, you guys, okay, we can probably sell this off and get all our money back. We're okay here. Let's uh, let's go down to Daytona. If we don't go down to Daytona, then we don't have anything. So we loaded up and we went down to Daytona and we had nothing on the car. We had the car painted in a red and a blue and and some of what what where Jeff was taking us. And when that fell through, we just left the paint jobs on and we headed out. Do you and remember what the partners were that were potentially? It was it was supposed to be lined up with the Family Channel. Okay, and uh, so we um. So we so we headed down to Daytona, and we qualify I think fifth. Are okay. you driving? No, no. no. Matt, Matt Kenseth's driving. This oh, is ninety eight. This right. is ninety eight. We qualify we qualify fifth, and uh, Jeff Smith meets us in the in the in the pit area and says, "Guys, we got a sponsor for one race." But but the problem is, you got to paint the car. And yeah. I remember I remember <laughs> going, I remember going up by John Darby and saying, "Hey, John, I." I i got a sponsor, but i I got to take this car and get it painted. Can I take it out, out back? And, oh, you can't paint that car in the infield. You can't do that. You can't do this. He says, I'll tell you what, line it up with an auto body somewhere around here. I'll give you an official, and you guys, you have to do everything, all the work in the garage area, and then take the car, get it painted, and you have to have it back. I'll let you leave at 7 o'clock in the morning. you got to be back by 12 o'clock with the oh car. Oh, my God. So we found this place called Speedway Auto Body outside the back of the racetrack. We taped the car up. We sanded it all. We took it to them. They painted it black. We brought it back in, and they brought out the decals, and it was Lycos Internet uh, oh, I remember search that. engine. Yep. Yeah. So they put the Lycos sponsor on the car, and we finished fifth, I think, in the race, sixth, somewhere in there. And we came back. I had a little bit of sponsorship money. I had a little bit of money from the race, so I paid the banker a little bit. I paid the tire guy a little bit. I paid the engine guy a little bit. And we were heading to Rockingham. and. You went to to Rockingham though with the red, blue, and all that. Because the Lycos deal was only for one race. Oh, really? So we headed to Rockingham and uh, had the car painted up in the blue and the red. And right before the race, we qualified 27th. We didn't qualify very well. And we changed the whole car around and we were getting ready to go through tech. And Dad says, Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with Lycos? I says, you know, Dad, they're the only people that are interested in us right now. Why don't we put them back on the car and say thank you for Daytona, and we'll see what happens. No s**t. And, and I, you know, when you, when, when you tell this story, you don't know what the ending is going to be here. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so all of this is just, like I say, all the stars are lining up here. And uh, we, we did not have money to go after Rockingham to, to Vegas. We, it was going to have to stop if right. this didn't continue on we're going to have to stop. And uh we headed to Rockingham and and we started 27th and we started working our way through the through the field and with about 15 to go we're on the back of we're on the back of Tony uh Tony Stewart for the, for the win. And uh, on the last lap he pushes Tony Stewart up and we slide through and we win and we're we're in polo shirts and black jeans and we're just riser enterprise i mean it's a small <laughs> little team and we win this race yeah and and for god's sakes i don't know why but we had light on the side of the car and this that it, it went all over everywhere it blew up it yeah everywhere and uh so obviously it was a great win all all that never never experienced anything like that in our in our entire lives everybody on the team never won a race i mean not 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 of this of this magnitude you know so we came back and and on Monday morning, we got a phone call from Lycos, and they would like to come down on Tuesday and negotiate out the rest of the year. Oh, man, this is, this is great. So Jeff Smith lines us up, and we go over to, to, to Roush, and we get in this big room with a big, long table, and there's, there's the people from Lycos here, and the, you know, me and my dad and Jeff, and they're going back and is forth. Jack and, around? Uh, Jack was not a part of us. Yeah. This this was everything that we did with Roush was basically through Mark Martin because that Mark was the, the Mark, driver yeah. on this whole thing. And so we're sitting in this this room and we're talking back and forth and and uh the, you know, they have so much money and Jeff's looking for this much money and Jeff finally Jeff says well he says we won't be able to do this this year because we we can't sell it at that at that price. That's that's below the market value and that's not going to work. We have to put a marketing plan together. We'll just set this up for next year and we'll put a market. I'm thinking I'm looking at my dad. I'm thinking, I we can't go next week. How are we going to go next year? Right. You know. So, you know, my dad. My dad's sitting there. and He don't say nothing. I I'm like, oh, so I pipe up and I said we'll take that deal.
0: Yeah, because did it even feel like undervalued to you when they're no, proposing? No, Jeff's. Kind of thinking in a different yes, level.
3: Yes, they have a whole different type of company than what we had. Right. You know? And this was this was our checkbook, not his checkbook. You know. And, right. And and I spoke up and I said I said we'll take that deal. Jeff says we'll stop the meeting right here. I have to see the risers out in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad's giving me a look like, oh my god, you just screwed this whole deal up. Oh. You know? So we get in the hallway and he says he says guys, we cannot we cannot undersell this program. But you guys are—it's yours. You go back in and negotiate whatever program you want. I will not be a part of it. He said. But if you if you guys can make it work, go in there and make your deal, and, and I'm, I'm out. So and and, and and Jeff Jeff was right with what he was doing. I mean, he had a different business plan than what we did, and and it, it was it was it was all good. So we went back in and they talked back and forth, and we worked worked out worked out an agreement. At the time, it was a, a handshake. So we left, the, we left the table, and right. uh, we went to Vegas. We headed out to Vegas, and we got out to Vegas, and, and um, my dad was still working back and forth with Lycos back and forth, and he was at the casino work, working the fax machine at that time. And, and midnight midnight on Friday night, they signed a deal for Lycos to run the rest of the season. Good heavens. And yeah. My dad called me. It was one in the morning. He calls me. He says, "Robbie, I got the deal all done. Everything's good." He said, "The only problem is you got to have a, you got to paint the car in the morning. The car's yeah. got to be black." <laughs> oh, I said, uh, "Dad, dad is not happening. We 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 start the race tomorrow morning. <laughs> that ain't that ain't gonna happen." So he called back. He made it all work out, and that that was the start of the the 17 Lycos program for the year. What was the what was the numbers? I raced. I raced with Lycos like for one year for eight hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! Wow,
2: yep. It's tight. And
3: and so so the night. The nice part about the contract was we had an option on July thirty first that they would renew for the following year in ninety nine. When that option passed on the thirty first, August first, DeWalt was standing there and signed us to to the deal for 99 Mm -hmm. and by the time all this all the smoke settled and we got to the end of 99 i had all my bills paid everything was good i was back to square i basically was back to square one i didn't owe nobody i didn't have the money but i didn't i I didn't owe nobody i had everything paid up and everybody was good and and uh you know the and then the dewalt deal went from there how how but how much better was the
2: dewalt deal uh i thought that the dewalt deal came mid-season I don't I don't remember Lycos the car right. being black Lycos a full year and then DeWalt year two. No, it was it, it was, was pretty Lycos straight. all year. I'm sorry, Lycos. Yep. I, it was Lycos full year, then DeWalt the ninety nine. Ninety nine, yep. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, it was really it was uh, the DeWalt thing was was such, a, was such a great sponsorship. I mean for all the years we had them, it was uh, they they were such good friends and yeah. such good partners. I got two questions. Let me back up. That's a that's a fascinating story,
0: and you're right. The way things are lined, one is you say you don't know why Lycos was actually on the car at Vegas when you won. Like I mean, no, like they Rock- Rockingham. Or I'm sorry, when you guys won at Rockingham. Yeah, I, I you said Lycos was because something had turned them on. It blew up. It whenever. Well, went, what
3: what I did was I I put their I put their decals on the car right before we went through tech. Why? Just to say thank you for Daytona because okay. they they okay. were the only ones that were interested. Okay, so when we won the race, they were on every TV show, everything with their name
0: on the side of the no, car. No, of course. I just like that. That's fascinating. Why was the decal on the car? Because you were just being nice. Yeah. Number two. Why was Jeff Smith? It's interesting. I'm tr- I'm still a little confused on. You said Mark Martin was the one that was sort of brokering all this, like because like, I'm, I'm I'm a little confused on why Jack Roush or Roush Racing was even working with you guys. At this point. At this point, I know they signed Matt Kenseth to a test deal. Maybe was that the yeah, that was a conduit? That, okay. So then why was
3: Jeff Smith even in their brokering deals for y'all? Because Jeff, Jeff Smith is the one that made the contact with Lycos to start it all at Daytona. What was he
0: hoping to get out of it then? For he uh, was hoping to basically he, nurture it, plan it with you guys, and then grow it
3: into a Roush deal with I, Matt? I don't I wouldn't know. I mean, that would okay. be something you'd have to ask him. I mean, at the time, I didn't even think about them as trying to. You're surviving. You're in yeah, survival I was mode.
2: trying to put this all together. It sounds like he was trying to keep Matt Kenseth on the racetrack so that their plan for Matt as a as a protege and, yes. and a and a future for Roush would. You I know,
3: would. I think they were trying to get through. Matt experience so yeah. they could move him up to the Cup Series, and and uh, you know we were we were we were better than having having them to have a build a whole team to make it yeah. work. So, you drove Chevrolets in '98, '99. Yep.
2: Um, How did you manage that for Matt, who's signed with Roush? How, was that tricky at all?
3: It wasn't tricky because it was just a, a test deal, and, and, and Mark was kind of – Mark Martin was pushing it to make it all happen. Yeah. So Roush wasn't really, you know, hardlining us. They were just – Glad we were doing it. Yeah. How much support did
2: y'all get from Roush in ninety eight, ninety nine? In terms of no engineering support, nothing no, like nothing. that. nothing. Nothing.
3: That was all on our own. Yeah.
2: So you, when y'all would, I remember going to, I remember where your shop was, uh, and but so you, Roush, other than trying to assist in partnerships and so forth, physically had nothing to do with the team. That's correct. Right. Yep, the Razor,
3: Razor Enterprise was
2: on its own. How how do you – so what's fascinating to me, man, is that y'all f- run good. <laughs> I mean, y'all, you know, you had two top fives in 97 with Matt. But in 98, 98 99, you win seven races, uh, 17 and 14 top fives. What was the what was the thing that got y'all to that point to where your cars got so good? You, you know, what was it ability to be able to, you know, hire more people? Hire what? Heart. Heart. You got it. I know, but I it's, you got to was- build. You got you get the shock deal at that time. You know, the shock technology at that time was was critical. You, you know who did the shocks? Who Matt.
3: <laughs> yeah, I believe I remember that. <laughs> yes, because I he, I was doing the shocks and I had one in my hand one day and I was I was working. He was talk. I mean that's what he did. He came in and talked to talked to me and and would would bother me to the point where I wouldn't remember something. And I, I, I tried to uh, pressurize one and I blew the top off it and the oil was all over the roof and and he was laughing. Yeah. And he thought it was so funny. I said, "Screw it! You you start doing the shocks then." Yeah, I don't have time for all this. Yeah, you he know. Did. So
2: who was who was who was. Navigating, you know, what springs you're going to run, and trying to stay on top of spring technology because there was <laughs> there was all kinds of crazy shit going
3: on with springs. You had yeah. to
2: have this spring, then then this company I, started making springs, and
3: it was our it was just our team. Yeah, I mean, we I didn't really have any outside help. I mean, I was from Wisconsin; it, didn't, it wasn't look like I had a lot of connections. I yeah. just. uh it was just hard work. I mean, we just we just worked our way through it and did the best we could with what we had. Yeah, mm. pretty impressive. It is impressive. Um, once
2: the operation gets absorbed by Roush, how does that happen? What's that process?
3: Well, um, what what happened was in two thousand, they wanted to go racing cup, and Dewalt wanted to go racing cup. My dad wanted to go racing cup, <laughs> <laughs> but but we we were, we were, I had to have a discussion with them and tell him, Dad, we were so fortunate to where we are here and then and then Visine came along you stayed with chevrolet yes the the riser enterprise car got its own sponsorship and and matt stayed with the team and just kept kept running yeah matt ran a lot of races yes and
2: then even uh, as a rookie in in cup he still ran a bunch of xfinity races yeah he,
3: he wanted to drive that bush car all the time yeah anytime we had it he wanted to drive it and uh then then uh, Roush was push. Uh, I shouldn't say Roush. Mark Martin was pushing for us to to come over. So DeWalt and Roush got together and they put the put the deal together. And then Mark pushed for us to for Matt to come over there along with me. So yeah. Mark's the one who came and said, "Robbie, would you would you be interested?" And I was I was uh, you know I obviously was interested. I so wanted to you, be a part of it. So who's going to manage your Bush team? So. What we did was we we uh, at that time we hired Gary Coswell to oversee the Bush team, and kept Russ and the and and that group together, mm-hmm. and then Dad was Dad was going to help oversee the oversee the Bush program at that time, and I could go off and yeah. and do what I needed to do over by Roush, and then they would just use me when I when I when I was needed.
2: It looked like at, it looked like in two thousand, um, your Bush program, or at some point. Your Bush program was going to start developing new talent. Uh, you hired uh, Clay Rogers, who I know really well. Jason Shuler. I don't really remember him. Jason Schuler was from Wisconsin. Okay. He he was a kind of a Matt protege in a way. So what what was that the intention? Is like, hey man, we're gonna we got an opportunity with these guys. We're gonna start trying some young guys out. Um, but then that was really short lived. Um, what
3: was the process there? It was, it was short-lived because of sponsorship. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we took Matt out, then the sponsorship uh, was hard to sell with the young guys. Yeah, and they they were willing to do it when Matt would run more races, and we could we could bring in the younger guys. And I w- our hope was that they would run well enough to to attract something else. But at that time, we weren't able to put that together.
2: Yeah, and so what was the um, what was the future of the Bush team from that
3: point on? Uh, I think it ran to 2003 yeah and then uh then jack wanted to purchase it so it kind of got away you know so it got out of out of our oh, hands
2: yeah you're you're winning a cup championship at this point you're you're head on focused 100 on yeah he wanted new- us
3: to be focused on what he was doing and he needed some help up in mooresville so he was he was interested in my dad coming over and giving him a hand there So he bought your, bought your whole team so so he purchased a lot of the stuff and then we sold some some off separately and then dad went over to help him with what they had going on in Morrisville. Did you sell the shop? No, I have that today. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I still I have two buildings on it now and, and the tri, Triton trailers is on one side. I rent out a front uh, part and then I have my son who's got his uh, landscape business running out of the, out of the old fab shop. Really? Yeah. Where it. is it? It's in Denver. What's okay. the, in what's Carolina. the landscape business? Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's 21 years old. He's got a, a lawn care business. And he started out driving around and cutting the neighbor's yards, and he's growing it to, uh, to he's got basically three crews now, and he's got three trucks that run out, and, and uh, they, they do lawn maintenance. Really? Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Do you need his number?
2: <laughs> I'm going to write it down. <laughs> I got a lot of work. Um, a lot of yards. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't mowing it. I ain't kidding. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't kidding about it. So, um, all right. So, the, at some point, you pretty much are like, hey, man, that, that part of my life is now in the rearview mirror. I'm no longer an Xfinity Series owner, 100% a crew chief in the Cup Series. Um, let's talk about that championship year. You know, that was 2003. Y'all win the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, You're having great success right out of the gate, um, are you? I mean, I I don't I I was living this with We've, y'all, yeah. you know. But so I I don't know that you're all that surprised, to be honest with you. I just remember watching y'all, and you know, with the success you had in the Xfinity Series and the wins, and then uh, it seemed like when you won the championship, it wasn't it wasn't an upset. By that point, because you know, y'all had been the upset team, that was your story. Winning in Rockingham in '98, right? right? Your identity was now completely changed once you got into the Cup Series. Um, you felt I could see in your face, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what this well, is what we're we're Roush racing now. This
3: is this this success and this this is what we expect. The goal was to stand on the stage at the Waldorf. I saw you know Richard Petty, and Kelly Arborough, your dad. I mean, that that's what you grew up watching. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wanted to. I wanted to experience that. You know, and uh, I think Matt and myself are, are. You know, we were a good team that way because he wanted to win races and I wanted to win a championship. And I think in 2002 we won. We won quite a few races, but we didn't. We weren't able to get up into points because we weren't consistent. So in. In, uh, in three, it was about being consistent. It was about, you know, you know not taking chances and, and making smart decisions. And, and uh, you know, there were some races we could have probably won if we would have stayed out on field or we would have did this or we did that. Well, I never – I didn't do that. I, I you know, the. The way the championship was set up was a guy with the most points wins, so that was the goal. And to get the most points, that's what we we're trying to do. And that's the way we raced all year. Yeah.
0: But back up. Do we? We? Do I remember this right? Was your first win with Matt and Cup the six hundred? Yes, in two thousand. In two thousand. That was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, well Dill, with Matt, Dale had, we, had
3: won at Texas, so we had to come back and win a race. <laughs>
0: that's what I remember. This both of these guys that you know their their careers are sort of. You know, yeah. parallel with each other from the Infinity series, and then such a big deal made about that rookie season for him, yeah. and then here comes Matt winning the six hundred,
3: which was a huge deal. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. He re- Matt reminded me that he won Texas right away. Oh, yo, he won Texas. We we are gonna have to do something here. We yeah, yeah, the same
2: We were very competitive, <laughs> and me and Matt talked a lot, and you know, weekly almost, especially through ninety eight, ninety nine, um, and we shared a lot of. Uh, you know, even in our rookie year, Matt would come to me and go, hey, they're asking me to do this. Are you doing that? You know, talking about, you know, NASCAR and yeah. other, other off-track requests and stuff like that and getting motorhomes. And we'd go to each other's houses and hang out and party. And uh, we went to uh, – I won the All-Star race the week before. And uh, and then we're running that 600, and we were running really good. Y'all were running good. Dad was running all right. And they had a rain delay if I remember correctly. Yes, it was a rain delay. You're and, right. Yeah, and I get out of my car, and I go over and sit next to Dad, and I think I'm, I'm – led some laps. I'm up front, and I'm like, yeah, man, what you think about the you're seeing from this eight car, man? What about it, old-timer? You know, we won last week. I'm really feeling good about myself. And we restarted that race, and I'm like, man, I might win the freaking 600 tonight. And we ended up running fourth, and
3: Matt smoked us after the rain delay. <laughs> I
2: was like, holy shit.
3: You know what I did the rain delay? I went and got I went and got everybody's sandwich and stuff because the race is so damn long. and right. Everybody was hungry, so yeah. I went and had sandwiches and all that brought down and and everybody had a lunch. And I said, okay, now we it's time to get back to racing here. Yeah,
2: yeah. that you was know? a long night. <laughs> um, but I remember I don't I mean I can't say what it was like on y'all's side, but I do remember y'all's success was a good a good influence and driving force for Tony Senior, myself, Tony Junior. We all. Got along really well. Yeah. Um, But our successes, I think, pushed each other uh, because we both, you know, we braced each other for championships in the Xfinity Series. We raced each other for rookie of the year title. And then we were going to, you know, it was a race to who's going to be the first to win a championship. Y'all actually did it. I never did it. Um, We did skip all the way past the one damn time we, that we actually only on track accident we ever really had was at Dover when I wrecked us both. Um, But otherwise, I mean, we just, we just always were like, one up in each other, if you will.
3: It was a really great relationship. I mean, it was it was competitive, but it was a ton of sportsmanship, yeah. you know, and 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 respect. Even, uh, at, Dover? even at Dover, even at Dover, I mean, busted my ass. They knew I busted my ass. We uh, <laughs> I, I, we, we, we had some laughs over that, but uh, <laughs> you know, and and uh, Tony Senior, I I I told the story, but uh, you know, I think the 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 real relationship between myself and Tony Stewart. All right, Tony uh, Senior was when uh, when that Dover crash was, and and we fixed the cars, and and uh, we were getting ready to go home, and and we walked. I walked back to the truck, and Tony was standing there, and he brought me to the front of the trailer, and uh, we had we drank a beer together. He had two beers sitting there. He says, "Let's just let's just have a beer and have a laugh," he said. He said I'm sorry this happened and I, I didn't know you know at the time I didn't know who wrecked who. I was just fixing cars and trying to get <laughs> trying to get the whatever points we could get out of the day, you know, and uh uh what an amazing moment. Those yeah. guys were you know for all the years that we raced together, I I I will say that I had a lot of fun racing my late model in 90 in the 90s. I had a really really good time racing the Bush series in 98 99 uh with with your group yeah. you know with your team and our team and and even when we went cup racing we got separated a little bit because of the way they set up the garage and the points were but it there it was always it was always fun it was always um, mutual respect it was all you know there was never a bad word it no. was always it was always a laugh you yeah. know and I still remember your dad coming up and uh, coming up in our trailer all the time and getting my mom's cookies and and uh, <laughs> it, it, you know my mom it's, you know it, it, Dale's up here taking my cookies you got to quit taking my cookies here I I gotta make more cookies you know and yeah. it, it was just a, it was a really fun time I mean Tony senior we had we had so many laughs and, and Tony would lose his mind and, and Dale. tell you that tony would lose his mind i watched him throw scales one day in the trailer and i walked over 15 minutes we called him
2: rosy because he'd turn red he'd get so mad he'd turn red
3: he he (laughs) took those scales and sailed them in that trailer because they were them wireless things and they never worked and he took and threw them in the truck and i walked over about 15 minutes later and he i said tony you all right yeah i'm all right these damn guys around here they think Works and then nothing works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never even asked you this and it, I've forgotten about it, but now it occurs to me. I got to ask, Dale, wasn't there like this magazine article where K- Katie Kenseth threw shade at you, called you like Silver Spoon or something like that? Uh-huh. I, I think no, like in the ESP in the magazine, like she was like mad at you for some reason. Well, you don't remember that?
2: No, I don't know the article you're talking about, but um, <clears throat> I made a mistake one time. I did not know. Apparently, I did not know what the definition of homely means. Oh, Lord. And so I thought that homely meant um, a very natural looking, uh, like, so I
0: was trying. Beautiful without having needing makeup or something. Yes.
2: Like a, like a, that, but also like, man, you, like the, like a, like a very grounded, You know, I don't know what I was trying to go for, but man. Whoops. yeah. (laughs) Homely? I told Matt that. So I said, (laughs) (laughs) we were at Talladega, and I said, and Matt and her were getting really serious, and we – talk we, we Matt would share with me what was going on in his personal life and I would share with him what was going on in mine and he's like I was like oh man you know you he really liked her they he was telling me how excited he was how they were how he, I remember him coming and telling me about the first time they got to hang out and he'd went home for something a wedding or something yeah. and uh he's so excited and I and I finally get to meet her and hang out with her and I think by this point they were maybe even married and I was like I was telling him, I was like, "Man, you've got yourself a great match. You and her, you and her fit really well. She's so homely." And he's like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, she's she's cool." Oh, and like, now you hurt his feelings. Well, I didn't know what the hell I was saying. <laughs> and she, he runs help Bill. He he knew I screwed up, and he runs and tells her. <laughs> and now she don't think it's funny. She no. don't think that the little, the, you know, the misspa- miss miss she. She knew I misspoke but she didn't think it was very funny at all. She was mm. pissed. Um <laughs> and she and I profusely apologized because I didn't even know the definition of the word I was using but I do know now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she yeah. don't take no bullshit and
0: she did get you back in an article. I'll will dig it yeah, out.
2: Oh, let's not do
0: that. Let's just let I'm, it all no, I'm doing it <laughs> years ago, man. Let's I'm let it go. All right, keep, all right, we're back on the Robbie story <laughs> yeah. here. I just needed to know. Look, you know I stood up at his wedding. No. Yeah. You, I stood are up you his kidding wedding. me? You spoke uh, up
3: yeah, as much as when as, they asked if anybody to, has a
0: problem? If anybody has a problem, speak now forever, hold your peace. You you spoke up? No. I was, okay. I
3: stood up in his wedding, you know, like one of the brides or one of the groomsmen. Oh, Jesus. Yes.
2: You were a groomsman. That was a groomsman. That's, that's a little, not stand up. You man, didn't give it?
3: us that impression out of yeah. the gate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. that, well, I guess maybe yeah. that's the difference between Southern and Northern. Yeah. But up North, you, you stand you up in the wedding. You were a groomsman. He invited you to be in his wedding. Yeah. believe that?
2: I do. Y'all were freaking tight. <laughs> I think he knew that you were that. You know, you were such an important part of his success on the track and his, you know, keeping him grounded. And all he was my friend. Y'all were close. And we you
0: didn't friends. call his wife homely. That didn't so call his wife close. homely. Don't. <laughs> Katie was great. <laughs> like, Katie's a really great person. I really she is. Had a lot of fun with her. She's amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. All right.
2: I've, I've made my share of mistakes. We all, we, all, never, we all have I will say this it was a lesson learned never to say a word that you're not too sure about the meaning <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just right. keep that in your pocket
4: selling a little or a lot <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher Online Shop stage
2: Winning the championship, you know, you've realized this dream, um, and the one thing that I think is interesting is you clinched the championship um, in the last, you know, the the second to last race at Rockingham in classic style. That man with Dad would win the championships a race or two early. That was a real f fu minute a moment, you know, like your middle finger through the rest of the series. Like y'all couldn't even. You know we're a race ahead of y'all's ass. We don't even have to go to the last one. <laughs> that was a real badass thing to do. Um, but you, you know, NASCAR goes and changes the points uh, championship and ha- you know brings in this playoff format. Everybody knows that you guys influenced that. And I wonder if you does that is that like um, a bragging point for you personally? You wouldn't probably ever mention it publicly, but among friends, like is. You know, you ran you ran the championship system so well that you had you forced NASCAR to have to go
3: change it. I don't think that ever crossed my mind, really, uh, for that, that part. No, I think uh, you know, I grew up uh, we grew up winning races and championships by the guy winning the most points, and I think that that was how you won them. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't know any other way. It's my favorite way to win them. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know any other way to to do that. Uh that's how you did it in Wisconsin. You raced from race one to, to, to the end and yeah. you were the champion if you had the most points. And uh that's the way we did it here. I mean I, I understand where they want it to go. I mean they wanted to manufacture more excitement and do all these things, but uh sometimes when you try to manufacture something, you're 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 depleting another thing, you know, and I think uh, you know, if I look back at racing uh, traditionally uh, and and be you know part of part of the sport, that was that was something, uh that that was you grew up seeing you yeah. know and and the big thing was you know, you know at the end of the year you always saw everybody go to New York and you wanted to be a part of going to New York you know to stand on you know to stand by your championship car down on Times Square and go to the White House and do yeah. all these things, I never ever in my in my process uh, throughout this without all this would happen yeah you know it was just you, had, you had, you're looking out the windshield all the time trying to get this trying to get that do this do that you know and uh I, I never really thought about the the chase I thought about winning the championship and I guess I guess the thing that winning the championship really didn't set right with me is when we won the championship the team wasn't even in the same room I remember you know that. what? And, and yeah, the the team was off in a different room, and I remember going to see my mom and dad, and they were in the back of this room watching it on TV, in the in the Waldorf. Yeah, in the Waldorf, and they're it, in a different ballroom. It it just changed something in me. I don't know what that did to me that day, but it did something because to win a championship it requires everybody. Yeah. I mean it's a village to win, you know. I mean it takes it takes a full team and all the other people on the outside that are helping you yeah. to get there to do this and and to be a part of this and to have that separated. Yeah. Really took a a lot of um you know, air out of my out of my I system, I guess. It, it wasn't always this, like
0: that, was it? No,
2: I mean I remember when dad won the championships in the 90s and 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 maybe I think the first one I went to was in the early 90s. They were in the ba- balcony. That's right, hooting and hollering. Yeah,
3: hollering from yeah, the balcony. But, but they only let them go up in the balcony for like 10 minutes. Really? Right? Yeah. They, they, yeah, and there was even, you know, I guess, you know, our guys had too many people, and they even were going to take some people and push them out of the balcony, and and Jeff Vandermost, the car chief, he said, no, we either all go or we don't go. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that they,
0: they were going to let your guys go up there for 10 minutes. Yes. But, yeah, you're you, saying yeah. – yeah, I, I always remembered watching those things on TV and the, and the teams were – yeah. You yeah. could hear them. Yeah, yeah they were definitely yeah, – I can it, imagine. Only,
3: only during your speeches, though. Yeah. Only during I got the, the championship okay. uh, drive. They let them and, in there. Yeah, they you. let them in there. Otherwise, they they weren't in there. And I, and it really it really hurt my feelings when I yeah. my mom and dad weren't even in the room. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. I, that's all rare. this
2: everything you'd worked for and this dream you're realizing and yeah. something like that that would have been probably one of the most important things about the whole process. Yeah, I think that really that 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 was just uh, something that I <laughs> that, wish would be different that yeah. left an impact. Um, in two thousand and seven, you got a four race suspension for failing post qualifying inspection in Daytona five hundred. Um, you end up your final race as crew chief for Matt is at the end of that year. Um, would you win the race? Um, are you? I guess are you are you starting to see a new like a change? Is it time? Are you feeling like hey man, it's about time for me to make a change? I've I see an opportunity in front of me I want to you know to 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 manage the program, get off the pit box. The pit box is a tough grind.
3: Um, I think the biggest thing for me was that we won the championship. I didn't need to win twenty of them I just needed to, I wanted to experience it one you know one time yeah and my my dad had passed away in two thousand and five and and we had done everything together and um uh, you know, two thousand seven came and and I, like you say, I I was suspended and I stayed home for a couple of weeks and realized that my kids were getting older and they were things were passing by. I was, you know, my one son had played football and I never got to see him play a football Damn. game and yeah. up to that point. Yeah. And and uh, you know, my twin boys were growing up and and I was missing a lot of the family stuff and I wanted to be a part of that, but I also wanted to race, but but something I had to give. Yeah. You know and the way you know to to do this thing to do this thing and and compete for championships every year you had you got to be a hundred percent in, you you can't just do it halfway. Yeah. You aren't you aren't gonna you aren't gonna you aren't gonna compete if you aren't all all in. And I just got to the point where I, I there was so much going around that I I I was gonna miss so much that I needed to be a part of it. and my. And, and, and I had a role model and a dad that was there for all, uh, for all us kids in our family. And I kind of looked back and said, man, I need to be there for these three, three boys as they grow up. I yeah. need, need to be a part of that. So that was a lot of what was with that decision.
2: And you become general manager at, after the end of the 07 season. You become general manager, but it, you, you felt like that was one of your worst career moves. Yeah. So, I'm, so help me understand. You, you get an idea through the suspension of, hey, man. I'm missing some things. I got to make something's got to give. Got to make a change, but you make the change and regretted it. What would you have preferred happen?
3: Well, when, when I, you, you know you get put in a job where you end up with a lot of responsibility but not much authority, it, it makes it tough. Yeah. And I think it, it, you know when when I took over that job, I had a lot of, of vision to um, build things. Change things want you know saw it from a cruce's perspective, I wanted to set it up so the other true true crew chiefs had a whole different uh process and i wanted I wanted to do a lot of things that that not everybody wanted to do, and mm-hmm. I think that um I didn't fit in as well as I needed to uh or wanted to um
2: that's fascinating, man, because you've been there almost eight years now, you Won a championship you've yeah. got
3: everybody well. You know, Dale. It's like the first first thing I wanted to do is, uh, you know, pit stops. At that or, to, today, this to day, pit stops are still very important. And you wanted to do something at that time. Uh, you know, I wanted to have our own pit stop area with our with with everything we needed to have in it. You know, so which every team has today. Yes, and I went back and 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 if you think about it, Roush was one of the very first ones to do that. So I went back and I put this whole thing together and I gave it to Jack and said, "Here, here's what I'd like to do." And um, you know, as soon as we you know, he would come in on Tuesday. As soon as we started with the bulldozers and moving stuff around, Jack came into my office and flipped the gasket that I was down there building this pit stop area, you know, and and, and you'll laugh about it. I mean, he he threw stuff around in my office <laughs> and and and, and uh, hollered, you know, and it was kind of like, this is the job you gave me. You know, I I, I laid it all out. I showed you what it's going to cost. Here, here it all is. You okayed it. Now you're not happy with it. You know, and it was kind of like, it's kinda of like, what am I doing this for? You know, yeah. and, and and to this day, if you drive by that, if you drive by that pit stop area, it has riser way on it. Because Jack put a sign out there that says Robbie Riser gets his f-ing way. <laughs> and that's why he put that sign out there. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, and there were some things with the cars that weren't weren't right and we tried to tried to change and it was it was expensive at the time, but we were also able to recoup some of that money uh, by by selling parts off and changing things out and, and not everybody was happy with that. You know, and it was kind of like you know, what do I do here? Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I not supposed to be doing this? And I, I just never really fit into that. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't really, uh, you know. And a lot of it's probably my fault. I, I, I didn't, I didn't take on a leadership role correctly. Maybe you know, in yeah. in which way? In in a way that I, I didn't incorporate everybody. I, I probably uh, didn't use the team as well as I needed to. I probably, uh, I probably just you know. In some ways, uh, you use you, you know like a old bullhead. You just go and get do this and do this and do this, and this is how this will work, and, and you make a you make that happen. And in a lot of cases, you know this was a, you know this was a company that was kind of in transition too. You know you gotta look at it that way. Um, it was driven by Mark Martin and Jeff Burton, and it was a hardcore racing company. Yeah. I mean, and 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 yeah. it was, if you came there, you came there to race. What was the big start of the transition? You then? know, I think, I think when, when management, you know, one group of management retired and they brought in a new, the new management, I think that, that new management wanted a whole different culture than what, than what was there. And sometimes you can't be what you're not.
4: Mm, you know, and I think, so true.
3: I think that that hardcore racing company was structured one way and the management seemed to want to do it a different way and 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 obviously jack was you know was uh had gone through some some injuries and 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 i think you know medically he was he was changing a little bit too and and that transition at that time i just i just didn't do a very good job of uh of of uh doing the right things and and building a team around all that i ended up doing a lot of it trying to do it a lot of it myself and uh and you just can't. One yeah. man can't make a big difference in a big company like that. What was, uh, what was? How difficult was it to leave Roush? Not that difficult. Hmm. Um, I had, I pretty much, uh, I was, you know, I pretty much had my fill. You went from
2: <laughs> yeah, from '08 to '16. You ran. You were the GM. I mean, yeah. eight years. That's a long time. Yeah, in a long time,
3: and and I appreciated all all the opportunities and all the things that uh, were were given to me. I just uh, I just wish I could have did a better job. I mean, uh, you know, I I, I I you know I had to live through Matt not Stan. I had to live through Carl not Stan. Did they have? Um, th-
2: were they trying to give you any parting advice?
3: Well, I think was Matt
2: like, hey man, I'm getting out of here.
3: No, Matt was not like that. And yeah, in in the th- a, in, need... in I think uh yeah. you know, Matt's situation, he I'd rather have him talk for it because yeah, it's really his 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 uh his deal, but I I think at the end of the day, Matt didn't feel wanted. Yeah. I mean, uh I think he would probably tell you that. Uh you know, they kind of his contract was up and they just didn't didn't uh, you know, maybe took it for granted? I don't know. But uh I mean, I went I went to him three times separately and said, "Hey, we got to do something here. We got, you know, this is you know, you got yeah. to pay attention to this. And uh, it was like, you know, at the end, it, sometimes I think to my, you know, in my own opinion, I think that, that they thought, I think they let him go. Yeah. I really do. I mean, you just don't let that caliber of driver sit, right. you know? Yeah. Mm. And
2: so um, you end up uh, going to work for Brad Keselowski. I didn't even know you did that. <laughs> so you left Roush at 2016. Brad's starting this manufacturing company,
3: which is really going well. Yes. He, he gave me a call. Um, I'm going to have to, I think it was the end of, 19, or end of 18. He gave me a call around Christmas. Yeah, And he told me. What did you do for a couple of years? Well, he, he left me a message. He, he said, hey, this is Brad Kozlowski. I'd like to talk to you about a job. Give me a call. Yeah, but you you said
2: two thousand eighteen or so you'd been out of work you'd left your yeah. and what'd you just do? You just kinda of hang out I for just, a while. Uh, I just worked I on my own
3: I... my own projects and did my own thing. And then and if you know somebody needed something, contract labor or whatever, I'd go do it and yeah. you know, farm myself out a little bit like that. But i never not nothing racing related. I just okay. did fab work and concrete work or whatever whatever it was that somebody needed help with. You okay. know, if a little old lady down the street needed her her uh <laughs> her uh, uh, chimney sealed, I'd go down and seal it for her. I did okay. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And then, uh, then then, when Brad called me, he left me that message. And I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm calling him back. I do not want to do this, go back racing, racing you know? yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he called me again a week later and left me a message and t- was more detailed about what he wanted to do. And I was like, well, you know, my, my background is all production building from, from the trailer company. Yeah, give him a call and see what he wants to do. So I went up there and I saw, you know, a lot of, innovative stuff with the 3d printing and you know the, a lot of different materials the t- titanium and incanel and all that type of stuff and the machine work that went with it and it was really interesting and i was like man i'm i want to i want to do this hmm. so i went up and uh worked for him for close to three years as a production manager helping him get the business started up and going yeah and so why'd you leave <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me but uh when he came and and decided he was gonna go work at you know be part owner at roush i decided that i didn't want to be a part of that i didn't i already done that i have worked with that group of people and i is his manufacturing company gonna have any involvement with Roush though? well he he started by telling me that it, it wouldn't um but i kind of knew how things work and i had I thought that they would cross lines. Yeah. And I just, you know, Dale, I just didn't want to put myself through that one more time. I just, you know, if people lose confidence in you and and you aren't the you aren't the guy, why why do it a second time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought do You feel like you're
2: Bob, you feel like that your feelings are still a bit hurt by that?
3: Um the fact
2: that they, you know, they left that impression on you that
3: I I think that I've stepped back and watched them struggle for for a lot of years. <laughs> so I think my feelings aren't hurt anymore. Yeah. I mean, uh I think that, you know, what I had said before, uh, you know, that it was a hardcore racing business. I think that they should have stayed the hardcore racing business and kept doing what they were doing. Um, and to watch them falter like they did and, and have to go hire Matt or hire Brad to yeah. come in and, and uh, straighten things out. I think it's, a, you know, you stand back and you stand back and say, well, okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe you got your experience that you need now.
2: Do you, you think know? knowing Brad and having worked with him in the manufacturing business, you think he's going to be the missing piece of the puzzle to get that thing going in the right direction? I don't know as much as you do, but watching it from my perspective, I feel really good about Brad's influence.
3: Yes, I, 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 Brad is is very good at getting, getting – the pieces and and uh, everything organized to to operate, and I think he, I think that Matt has a big or Brad has a big say in the company because he does understand the simulation and how important it is. Because in the machining business, is very important, and it, it, it's no different than stock car racing. It's all all married together. So I think the experiences that he's going through, he understands them, and and he's able to take what they have there and direct it in the right places because when when i was involved the oem was very involved in Roush, more than probably any other racing business and that's that was a part i wanted to i wanted to change i wanted Roush to be its its own identity in in some of that and and the outside people didn't want to do that and and uh y- you know that that i think brad is going to be able to do that with what he's got going and and y- you know it was my decision not to be a part of what he had going there i mean i i think he really questioned me <laughs> you know, um, we, we had a pretty good discussion. He really questioned me. And, and I, said, Brad, I said, Brad, let me put it to you this way. Is there somebody in the garage you don't like? He says, yeah, I don't like Kyle Bush. I says, okay, I don't like them. That's yeah. mm. the way it is. You aren't going to do something with him. I'm not going <laughs> to do something with these. And, 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 and we left on good terms. And he gives me a call every once in a while and checks on me, makes sure, you know, that I don't want to come back and work.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that makes so sense. That, it, it does.
2: I wonder, though, um, I wonder, though, Robbie, you say, you know, it, you would tell you would tell Brad that you don't like them and you don't want to go work anywhere in their vicinity, right? But they are they're part of your DNA, they're part of your story, and so at some point, right, you have to you have to come to some common ground for yourself, right? Because think about like all. You know, everything that happens for Roush going forward with Brad, the cele- you know, the the success that they're liable to have, more than likely to have, the resurgence right? There'll be and there'll be moments when they'll have you know, they'll celebrate their own past, which is you. And you're gonna you're gonna if I'm there to if I was standing in your house on the day of those moments, I would be kicking you in the butt out the door to go and be a part of that you know, part of that memory. Yeah. I mean, so I think, I mean, you know, I, you you don't have to do it today, but I think at some point you've got to figure out a way
3: where that's comfortable for you. Yeah. I think th- I, I hear you. Okay. But, um, I would tell you that, um, you know, uh, growing up in racing, being a part of racing as much as much as, uh, I was and to do all the things you did for a company for almost, you know, almost 20 years. um, the end should be different. Yeah, sure. You know, well maybe and, it's
2: not. In, maybe it's the end's not there yet.
3: Yeah, maybe it's not there. But at, at, at the end of the day, I just, uh, you know, that it just didn't end the way it should have sure. ended. I'm with you, Robbie. Hey, <laughs> I, I I just don't <laughs> no, agree no, no. with that.
2: <laughs> I I I hear you, and I mean, I I if I was Robbie, I certainly would probably feel the same way. But I think there, you know, gosh, you can't go all the way to the, you can't go all the way to your deathbed. Uh, with with that harboring
0: that you know you that's fair but I it, but I I don't know um, I look at it as almost like a marriage and if you have now at some point it becomes so personal whether yeah. it's a company yeah, yeah, yeah. or something else that it's beyond just the yeah, yeah, yeah. J- j- it, it, it gets beyond go, the, yeah. the, the it goes beyond depths and and I think that I respect... it was like a marriage that you got crushed because it's almost like your marriage fell apart because it changed so much. And now it's gone so far direction that now when somebody comes back to go, Hey, can you come back and fix this marriage? Well, <laughs> no, I I was there to try to fix it and you didn't want me then. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I think it's just perfectly natural human tendency to I just, do. I mean, you can still want them to succeed and you can still want Brad to succeed, but I could understand not wanting to be a part of that.
3: I, I think, you know, I, I here here's the thing. I think when we started over, over there, uh Mark Martin was a big part of what we did. And Mark Martin really, really championed us the whole time. And uh, you know, when there's change involved, uh you, you have to you, you have to either change with it or you have to or you have to get out. Yeah. You know, and I think in, in my case, I had to get out because it wasn't it wasn't what I it wasn't what I envisioned, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, everybody was pushing so hard that it was evil, evil empire. And it was, you know, so hard to work there and it was all this and all that. Well, hell, how hard was it to work there? I mean, you're running for a championship and running, winning races every damn week. I mean, it's, it's what it is. I mean, you, you you want to work somewhere where where you're gonna win. You, it's gonna be challenging at times, and there's gonna be hard hard discussions at times, and you're gonna to have to get faced with things. I mean, yeah. 2008, when you look at that company, it had 14 race teams in it, between trucks, Xfinity, and Cup cars. Babe. Plus, we also went and did cars for other companies. Mm-hmm. There was a time in 2009 or 10, I can't remember what it was anymore, but I but we shipped out. 36 cars that week 36 cars go racing between all of the <laughs> all of the backups yeah. and the primaries and and, and all, all of that yeah. so think about that that's crazy that, that's and that was every week that was every week you had you, 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 you and that and, and that group is all the way back to two teams now I mean it's and and they're smart by backing up and getting smaller because that way you can control it and bring it back, yeah. and 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 that's that's a good thing. But I mean, this company was large, and and I remember one guy saying to me one time, he says, "Man, we seem to have meetings all day long." Well, when you got, when you got fourteen teams, yes, you're gonna have you're gonna have driver debriefs. I mean, from the truck race to the the Xfinity race to the cup race, I mean, it just it just snowballs. I'm
0: trying to point back, though. I'm still a little unclear on what changed because there was this mass exodus and
3: everything did change over time. But like, was it like the Fenway acquisition no, it was management uh, – you know, a big thing was Jeff Smith ran it one way and, and uh, the new management ran it a different way. Yeah. And when the new management came in, they wanted to have a whole different culture than what the old culture was. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that was a driving force for a lot of things that, that ended up happening. Well, that had to have been a Jack decision then, right? Well, I don't know. I, I, did, did he make
0: well, – I'm trying to remember it, all the you, timeline, you but you he remember a lot crash. of a lot
3: of it gets pushed from – from up north too. I mean, it, Roush is driven from Michigan, Detroit. Yeah, so it's 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 a, it's a, yeah. it's got it's got some differences than than some of the companies that are down here. Yeah, wow. How old are your kids? Um, Ryan's the oldest at 26, and Rhett and Reed are 21. What's their interest in motorsports? Uh, Ryan is uh, he graduated from Virginia Tech as a mechanical engineer. He works down in South Carolina for uh, Peer Performance, which is a diesel. Aftermarket company, and he likes to uh, dazzle dazzle with the, the diesel trucks. So he has a diesel uh, truck that he drag races with. Oh, nice! And it's a pretty cool truck. Yeah, I mean about twelve hundred horsepower, and and uh, we built it from scratch. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun. It has they have very small amount of rules, so it's really <laughs> fun to work on. And uh, then then my other boys, Reed. Uh, he's he he's a landscape guy. He he uh, runs uh, his uh, Riser Lawn Care business, and and he's got uh, a couple crews, and he makes it all happen. And then uh, Rhett, he's uh, Rhett was my dirt bike racer. He was racing dirt bikes, and now he got a little older, and uh, he's uh, he he he's got a civil engineering uh, tech uh, uh, degree, and he is working for a construction group uh, doing some design work. You were inducted
2: into the Southeastern Wisconsin Short Track Hall of Fame in 2014, along with your dad.
3: You're both in there. That was something you're proud of? Very proud of that. Uh, the coolest thing, one of the coolest things in my life I got to do was uh, accept it for my dad in mm. 2011. Uh, you know, he was a special guy. He always said he was an average guy, but he was way above average guy. And uh, <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was a, it was the biggest honor probably of my racing career was to do that for my dad. I mean, uh, family's strong, and I think, uh, you know, the bond between a dad and a, and a son is a, a lot, especially when you're an only son. So um, I, I, really, I really enjoy that that happened uh, uh, for myself. It, it is a real honor. And, uh, you know, the cool thing is my late model is inducted also in there and is at that uh, Wisconsin uh, Auto Museum. So I, I think that's really cool. Yes. I mean, for, for the way things have gone, yes. at least there's a little something there from, from driving. So I want is the Pinto it, in there. Is it an original car? Yeah. It's no original sh- car. That's original cool car. That. Original transmission. Uh, I think most of the parts are original in it. That's cool. uh, it does that. have a 9-to-1 Wagner in it. it <laughs> and and it, it could, if you wanted to take it out, it would make a lap around slinger. It's got a slinger setup in it. That's all it that matters.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> that, got the right setup. That's awesome. I, I think the station wagon that pulled these things <laughs> the, the yeah. pinto needs to be in there
3: well you got to start somewhere right i mean i tell my oh. kids all the time i, I says you got to start somewhere for god's sakes my first race was 12 or a 12 lap race i finished four laps down you got to start that. somewhere yeah. and not worry about it i love that story so you um
2: you're 59 years old you know that's not that's
3: not that old that's I look like, like I could drive a car again. You right. look Heck like yeah.
2: you look just just like the day
0: I saw you in Myrtle <laughs> Beach. Um less intimidating.
3: Why what
2: what's left in the tank? I mean, you know, do you ever think about uh you know, being involved in anything motorsports related? Um and I imagine obviously maybe not even at the cup level or the top 3 NASCAR series level, but man, like do you miss taking a car to the track do you miss grinding through practice trying to get it to roll the center do you miss um you know climbing underneath that thing in
3: the middle of the afternoon trying to change a gear i'll be honest with you i uh i do miss racing i miss uh i got to go to the car tour the other uh week up at hickory yeah and yeah i went up the pit area i was there yeah
2: what the hell i I saw jeff
3: burton i know i didn't see you um what'd you think I, I loved it. I Dude, it was. it, it reminded, Come be a part of that shit with us. It was so much fun. To, <laughs> I, I really liked the short track racing. Yeah. I mean, if someone came and said, Robbie, I got a really good late model and would you like to drive it? I would probably drive it. I would probably drive shit, it. Yeah. You know, I, I probably would try it again. I, I uh, I missed that part. Yeah. I, I thought you, you know those guys work on their cars, and not everybody. I mean, the, the pit area has changed somewhat. There's a lot of paid people in there, but it used to be all volunteer help, and everybody worked like oh, yeah. like their life depended on it. You know, and and going up the other, other week and seeing that it, it reminded me of that. There was there was a group from Wisconsin that had come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was uh, Mike Litchfield, mm-hmm. and he was running in the uh, I was, guess the Superlates if you want to call him that. Yeah. And uh, that is actually. The guy that owns that car is Andy Mankey, and I raced for the Mankeys when I was up in Wisconsin. I ran their car a couple times, Dang. and so when Andy told me they're coming down, I went up there to meet them and see what they are doing. And it was really a lot of fun to go back and see the old Hickory Speedway. And, yeah, they changed and, much. And see since a lot of friends, time. you know, a lot yeah. of friends. I, I, I was uh, surprised when I ran up on Burton. I know it. You know. So
2: me and me and Burton and Harvick and Justin Marks all got involved in that cars tour series, and I'm having more fun. Than I even imagined I would. (laughs) I get up in the morning thinking about the cars tour and I go to bed thinking about it. Um, and we're having a blast. Um, but yeah, dude, we, we would, we could use your help.
3: Yeah. I would like, (laughs) I would like to do, you know, I'd like to get involved in something. I mean, I, I'm I'm not, I'm not over yet. I mean, there's, there's, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, man, a little bit of fuel left here yet. But, uh, my, my oldest son, um, he he has visions of maybe refiring up riser enterprises and doing uh doing some diesel truck work and that type of thing he's uh really into electronics and uh and uh you know the fuel injections and that type of stuff and and uh, you know maybe down the road he'll look at at wanting to do a business or something like that and then i would i would try probably try to get the the old bush shop and everything going again yeah. and 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 uh maybe work a business with him too. You know, I, yeah. I would like to, I'd like to be with my kids and and, and do something that they want to do. For sure. Well, man, Hey, I'm gonna tell you, we're at two hours
2: and this has been a blast. I want to say a couple things. You're a hell of a storyteller. Me and Mike haven't had to do any work today. Um, <laughs> and I just, um, I appreciate you being so excited to share with us, you know, your energy and, and, the, you know, the person you are and the character you are. um, It's fun to listen to. Uh, I remember, as I said, way back in the day when it was, you were so intimidating and I was so scared to go over and talk to you at at Myrtle beach. And then when we raced against each other and I just try not to piss you off or do anything that was going to, you know, (laughs) upset the relationship you had with Tony senior and me and Matt were trying to be friends. And, um, but you were always fun. You're always so nice to me. Um, You give me a hard time. But you always did treat me so well, you know, and um I had so much fun being with you at the at the at the awards banquet or or, or uh, inducting Matt in the Hall of Fame. Uh you hadn't changed a bit. Uh you seem really happy. Um you're you know, away from the grind of the cup series where we all we're all miserable ass. <laughs> um you seem like you're in a really, really good place personally and I'm just glad that you came to share with us today.
3: Well, thanks a lot for having me. I, I, it's fun to go back in time and think about all the things because, you know, as you look at it, you never really look at the end of your career. You always think about the things you did through your career, and you never think about the things that you really did well. You think about all the things you did wrong, yeah. you know, and and that's that's what makes you the person. You know, at the end of the day, that's really what drives you, uh, and you can't be afraid to make a mistake and and, and laugh about it once in a while. And Remember where you came from, you know, oh, yeah. four laps down. That's where you came from.
2: That's mm. right. <laughs> that's right. Well, man, we, uh, we're going to try to get you involved in some late model racing, uh, get you back to the racetrack <laughs> so we can have some fun together. Thank you, man, for coming on uh, our show. Robbie Reiser on the Dale Jr. Download. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out out Dirty Mo Media. Check out out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.